This week in league, snapping necks and cashing checks, Jordan McLean returns with the Sharknados. Rugby league fans in Melbourne get the exact opposite of what they deserve. Cameron Smith and Ryan Hoffman demand an origin break. Cooper Cronk makes no such demands. And we preview all of the action for round 13 of the 2014 NRL season. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 157 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Mailbag this week, Tim McIntyre. I'm Tim McIntyre, underscore. <laughs> Should Arana Tomato have his 27th chance at Rugby League? No. He puts it to the... No? No. Arana Tomato's been tweeting some good shit though, you <laughs> see? No, I haven't. I've, I've re- He's not been on my radar. He's obviously he's... trying to get back into the consciousness. You th- no, well, you'd think he's trying to get back in the league and be like, you know, fucking dreams come true, work hard, you know, redemption, play that sort of line. It's not his go. <laughs> it's, it's not, not his, go. his go. He's actually more fit. He's more, he's more into slagging people, as it turns out. So, you know, I, like, I mean, he, he'd be the perfect kind of guest for the show. It show his Twitter account shows that there's no fucks given right now. So, <laughs> so he'd be the type of guy that could probably tip a bucket and not give a fuck. But uh, yeah, well, I mean, we could, you know, he'd probably be taking advantage of the guy though, because he'd probably say some shit that he couldn't take back. <laughs> yeah, I suspect so. I mean, what's he got to lose? Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Sharks would take him. Yeah, possibly. Sharks would fucking take him. Or Canberra. Canberra would probably pay him fucking three million dollars. <laughs> A season. So the three million dollars just for the just to get him there, you know. <laughs> now, um, Shana eighty six sent us a a screenshot of um, the lurker, who's you know like the mole, one of those guys. Mm. Although it sounds much more seedy. Entirely, yeah. I, I, I suspect he hangs around toilet blocks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He probably he probably was an eyewitness to the Nate Miles thing in Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and probably to like Sonny Bill and fucking Falzon. He was an eyewitness. <laughs> yeah, now he's probably the guy that starts conjunctivitis from that. Wouldn't you? <laughs> I'm not saying he's fucking like you know. He was like IMAX and he fucking <laughs> like Nathan had dumped a fucking steamer on his face. Um, but some this people one, are into that. You never know. This one is a uh, which talented young player who changed clubs recently did so after threatening to deck his coach. The fiery forward wasn't happy at being overlooked for a top-grade spot and offered to take the coach outside. Not surprisingly, he was told the next day his services are no longer required and he can consider himself fortunate he was picked up by another club unaware of the drama only a few days later. Despite the player being 20 kilos heavier and 30 years younger, my spies would still have backed the coach had the pair decided to settle the matter in the car park. Now, the speculation is... That is our fledgling mascot, Matt Lodge, <laughs> who's recently landed at the West Tigers. <laughs> He was he. He wasn't at the West Tigers during the Origin thing. The during twenties Origin, he was still at the no. Storm, he was he? still at the Storm. Yeah. Um, Matt Lodge for, for listeners for listeners who aren't on the ball, uh, he's the the guy that had the tape around his his left wrist that uh, had like cunt written on it. Brothers cunt. Yeah, brothers cunt. Um, yeah, whatever. They, um, he's like a, my brother's keeper thing. It's like <laughs> he's uh, he's he's not like, quite as well educated on his brother's like, anatomy like a, as he should be. Let's like just say a, that it's like a sexy shemale version yeah. of MBK. Let's. He, he was playing for the uh, for the operation to remove his brother's cunt. <laughs> He's doing it for the family, um, which would make Craig Bellamy his uh, his alleged victim. Yeah, and I wouldn't back and him. In, you know, he's wiry. Like, yeah, but, Bellamy. Yeah, I reckon Bellamy's one of those blokes. You know, like that just blows up at fucking everything. Yeah, and it's just to to ward off 
potential attackers. Okay. But when he's actually in a confrontation, he be like, no, goes mate. to fucking water. Yeah. Well, that's what I think too. So these spies, yeah, you know, that that's what that's the only thing that makes me think. Because he's, that's too, not, he's maybe too over the top it. with the verbal. He's yeah. too over the top with the with the aggro and the. You know the the ones you got to worry about are the silent, the quiet ones. The, the now, silent, you know the one the, now the, the the one thing I would like to say about the situation is if this was definitively proven to be Matt Lodge, he's by far the fucking best mascot for this show. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's already up there with his with his tape antics, but I mean this. He's got I mean, you want to knock Bellamy out? I mean, you a fucking friend for life, man. He's got <laughs> uh, he's got your vocabulary and my temper. Oh, he's he's the perfect mix. We could have birthed him out of his brother's cunt. <laughs> Oh, the disgusting language of the show offends me greatly. <laughs> I'm sorry, but you created, um, the, you created and, that word, and, I'm pretty sure. There wasn't a lot of Twitter this week, I've got to be honest, on the feedback. I mean, yeah, people were obviously yeah, very hungover from origin. The uh, Ben Z, your mate, address for you. Oh, Glenn sounds more and more hurt each week, then acts like we're the ones sobbing. Poor bloke, delirious with SARS from Four Floors. Didn't spend enough time. Or do anything at four floors in order to get a disease. And I don't um, suspect SARS would be the worst of your fucking worries. No, I would there. be praying for SARS <laughs> if I had have done anything at the four floors. Um, no, mate, I'm I'm not even remotely hurt. Gonna, that's just what I'm saying. Like you know, no, you know, really, as, as hard really. as he tries, like fuckheads like him and and Valentul and people like that, they try so fucking hard. They try so fucking hard to like to be relevant, and they wouldn't make the top fucking 50 biggest fuckheads <laughs> that I encounter weekly so fucking keep going your hardest boys but you, so you're think just flogging yeah. a dead horse there so, so I think it's a, uh, that's a bit of a, a call to arms a bit of up your game yeah look I think they're already they're already in overdrive and yeah. um, they d- just don't have what it takes <laughs> that's why he's got to resort to calling people out into the car park and, and you know telling people how much money he's got and, and how intelligent he is yeah, <laughs> email. He's a bit like Craig Bellamy too. Yeah, exactly. Offer the offer of the car park always yeah. open. Uh, email. Uh, we got a couple of emails this week. First one from uh, from Gavin said, uh, "I was I was listening to the Triple M NRL Sunday podcast at work last night. Apparently, this is in the second hour. If you guys want to listen, News Limited journo Tony Kosh is writing a biography about Ken Talbot, the mining magnate who was a lead figure in Thoroughbreds before his death in a plane crash." Apparently, the Talbot family have given Kosh all his records, including his diaries. Paul Kent said some juicy info about the workings of the thoroughbreds will come out. Watch this space. That'd be very interesting. Well, it's come from Paul Kent. I don't know how much weight I put in it, but um, yeah. But I mean, if it's if this is the thing, this book's going to come out. It's not Paul Kent writing it. So, you know, this book comes out. We'll see. I mean, we'll see what's in there. And obviously, you know, this guy's writing the book. He's not going to write anything that can't that's not legally defensible. Yeah, exactly. So. Be very interesting read. Very interesting, and and in, even adds even further uh, emphasis to to the Broncos' current salary cap dilemma. Which exactly, it seems that there's not enough coming out about that. No, it'll you know won't happen overnight. Will happen. Oh, it's not going to be like the fucking Asada thing, is it? Oh God, I hope not. I hope not. We'll get into that later too, though. Um, this one came from uh, one of the boners, Steve Bonaventura. He's up there in Canada. Said, uh, hey again, boys. So after hang, listen- hang on. One's in Canada, one's mm. in North Queensland. Correct. Righto. 
Says, how you going, boys? Got all, one brother got all the good genes, obviously. Yeah. So after listening to the latest episode and hearing about Tompkins and his public urination fine and Nate's story about washing down the Kangaroo Point cliffs, I remember a time at university where something similar happened. The beauty of the story is it revolves around footy and Gordon Tallis. In 2000, the Kangaroos were scheduled to play PNG in Townsville at Dairy Farmers Stadium. As Gordon Tallis hails from the great city, the Townsville Bulletin, in conjunction with the James Cook University Student Union, decided to form a Gordon Tallis cheer squad. At the time, I was a resident of one of the on-campus colleges, so we took it upon ourselves to find the rowdiest, most loose alcoholic uni students amongst the other colleges. The Townsville Bulletin even organised a few practice sessions, in quotes, down at the university pub with free jugs of beer included, so we could practice the war cries for the raging bull. On the Thursday night before the game, at our last practice session, we were blessed with the company of the Raging Bull himself. He was delighted and impressed to see all the bright-eyed young scallywags decked out in our new Gordon Tallis Cheer Squad t-shirts, which proudly supported the uh, Townsville Bulletin logo. He was more impressed with the range of young, slightly intoxicated female students, which he took a fancy to fairly immediately. I'm not sure the Townsville Bulletin and JCU Student Union realised what events were about to take place. The big night arrived, and all 80 squad members turned up at the university pub to consume the allocated free beer. To our surprise, the beer just kept coming. Carton after carton of Forex bitter would just turn up. So as poor uni students do, as poor uni students do, we drank it like it was our last night on earth. A few hours had passed, and we were well and truly on our way. We were even given two drink tokens for the stadium, as well as a food token. With a few roadies in hand, we hopped on the free shuttle bus supplied by the Townsville Bulletin that was taking us the usual 25 to 30 minute drive to the stadium. What they didn't take into consideration was the thousands of people who were also driving to the stadium and sure enough after 15 minutes we were stuck in a traffic jam after many many renditions of wish to all the ladies chatter began to spread about how we were going to relieve ourselves of the alcohol we consumed in a short amount of time two girls took it upon themselves to walk up and ask the bus driver if he could pull over so we could all use the bathroom he declined and said it was against regulations that he can't stop outside of a designated stopping area the girls pleaded and begged him and once again he declined each time with a motionless and unsympathetic look on the third try <laughs> on the third try the girls were now yelling centimeters from the driver's face to pull over and again the same result drastic times call for drastic measures and the girls in sync dropped their panties and squatted over the bottom step of the bus entrance and relieved themselves. This, of course, was greeted with a cheer from the bus and also a smirk from the eight-year-old grandson of the bus driver who he thought it would be a good idea to bring him along that night for a ride. <laughs> and he said... Uh, Kids scarred for life. And he's gone, side note, hey, Glenn, what would Jackson have said? <laughs> He would have been appalled. <laughs> this event set off a chain reaction which saw many of us, including me, head to the back of the bus and attempt to urinate in whatever empty forex cans we could find. Obviously, with the amount of people needing to piss and the amount of cans on the floor. Can I just stop for a sec? Yeah. <laughs> what about the possibility of, like, cutting your... Because like, you'd have to have pretty good aim, wouldn't you? Or how far yeah. do you hold the can from the end of your knob? Or... Yeah, yeah. Because you could slice that thing... Oh, I mean, mine would go straight in the hole, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but most people... There's some logistical issues, <laughs> let's just say. Oh, imagine slicing your knob on you the know, I, opening of I, a Forex I've, can. I've got to think... Or any if, can I've got to think if you're so drunk that you, you're prepared to piss into a can on a moving bus, you're probably not that worried about a bit oh, of fucking spillage. <laughs> especially one of the Bonaventuras. Like, it'd fester and get one of the other diseases that have already got on their penis into it. Oh, it'd be yeah. terrible. <laughs> Obviously, with the amount of people needing to piss and the amount of cans on the floor, the maths just simply didn't add up. And in true caveman-like form, we all kneeled on the seats and pissed on the floor. Now, as most of us have been in traffic jams, you realise that it's mostly stop and start motion. So the bus floor fast became a wave of piss that in almost hypnotic fashion began to make its way up and down the bus. <laughs> we, of course, were cheering... <coughs> 
<laughs> oh, this is appalling. We, of course, were cheering it all on all the way. Funnily enough, this prompted the bus driver to break regulation and be pulled over as soon as he could, where we all strategically hopped over each seat to get off the bus and piss on the fence of some unsuspecting Kerwin household owner. We arrived at the stadium shortly after, and needless to say, we made absolute grubs of ourselves. <laughs> now they t- <laughs> wow. You weren't making grubs of yourself on the bus, but you, what did you do in there? Yeah, all the while, proudly wearing our Townsville Bulletin-sponsored Gordon Tallis Jew Squad shirts. This isn't how the Bulletin planned it. No, Tallis scored four tries in Australia's 82-0 drumming of PNG. I'd like to think it was due to our cheering, but in reality, PNG were just shithouse. Needless to say, the bus company did not send a bus to pick us up, and we didn't hear from the Townsville Bulletin or JCU Student Union, nor did such an event ever happen again. Still to this day, this is the best day slash night I've had at footy ever. <laughs> and uh, he's back in Australia in October and he'll be keen for a catch up next year <laughs> uh, no weather needs started to be... out as a bus ended up a yellow submarine <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah we will, will not be having a meet up on the bus uh, if, he's, if he's involved Jesus. Uh, our memberships as you know all the stuff's coming in what if that had happened yeah. in the limo at Grand Final last year and Kurt had to get down on the step and drop his panties and squat in the doorway. <laughs> that would have been, uh, yeah. I, mean, I could actually have seen it more happening in 2011 when we were down on that double-decker. Yeah. <laughs> that old English one. True. <laughs> um, <and> remember- <laughs> I, would have just, I would have contorted myself. I mean, logistically, it's a bit hard. I would have had, half, had to have half my body out the, to piss out the window. Yeah. Oh, don't like that idea. That opens you up to like you know like if there's a copper you know like you know road blockages and stuff like that for the game and mm. you know you're pissing out a window and next thing you know it's just like a copper just looking I thought I was just like oh. <laughs> <laughs> and you Tompkins yourself <laughs> we meet again <laughs> now uh, membership need to put a pause on the sale because we had another three go this week so we must be getting close to the wire so I think we need to wait and do our stock take and see what we got and everything then we'll be able to announce exactly what is left next week. So, um, yeah, you guys know what the deal is. Uh, it's awesome. Awesome, uh, awesome response. It's fantastic. And, uh, can't wait to get these bad boys out to y'all. And I think that's, that's about, I mean, oh, sorry, there's one, sorry, there's one letter I missed. I apologize. Oh, you're not going to read that fucking I'm not going to read, out. I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's just, it's really, really fucking long. Um, but I will, I'll email, I'll, I'll read the start of it just so we know. So, um, the from shit Sam. people type with their own hand in their anus. Oh, so Mr. Wars, uh, you know, he's uh, guest hosted the show on uh, two occasions, I believe. Uh, he's over in London at the moment. He sent us an email. Hi from London to the whole This Week in League community. Religiously, I listen to This Week in League each week. Wouldn't miss it, ever. Works had me under the pump and I haven't been as vocal as previous years. I've just kept quiet and sat listening and masturbating away in the corner like a creepy stalker sniffing underwear he's just stolen from Nikki Webster's house while listening to repeats of her number one hit Strawberry Kisses. <laughs> I've been watching. This, Welcome back, Sam. Yeah. Welcome back. I've been watching this whole Bronco salary cap issue from afar, and all I can say is I think the whole thing's a fucking beat up. It's a non-issue. Seriously, everyone needs to calm the fuck down already. Take a diazepam suppository and stiff drink, and go watch some funny cat videos on YouTube. So, what are the facts? What do we know? Well, I'm about to lay shit down and tell you why I personally don't give a fuck. I'd like to preface it by saying I've done more research into interracial amateur gangbangs on Red Tube than I have on the salary cap issue. But it's basically the same thing. A bunch of big dicks media, pumping a load of junk on an innocent girl who just happens to walk into the wrong bar while trying to sell biscuits for a Girl Scouts fundraiser, the Broncos. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just going to read, like, this, it's very, very long, so I'm just going to read out a couple of these and, uh, and we can discuss them and why I, why I don't give a fuck. 
We notified the NRL. We didn't try and hide anything. We're even throwing open the books to the Leagues Club, which isn't required. Even if we're guilty, it just makes us sound less guilty. Good management. Oh, I get how a fan would take that angle. But yeah. it could be also meticulously planned to look just like that. And if you're yeah. dealing about, you know, if you're dealing with it, alleged systematic rorting of the salary cap over mm-hmm. a number of years, you wouldn't say that a meticulous plan um, to ward people off at the pass is, is beyond them. So Exactly. I think he's a little bit naive. Yeah. I don't think he's ever been called that before. <laughs> Gee, he's a perfect scapegoat. He's also a forward, so we all know he can't count. That shit would hold up in court. <laughs> Disagree. Yeah. Then he starts talking about the 2006 Premiership, and as far as I understand, this is only really like a... Last like since two thousand and ten thing, so those you know those points are kind of you know off the table I think. And then he goes it's on. Just to, said he feels guilty. Yeah, and then he goes on to some you know to some other points about oh the Broncos are the only club in the country <laughs> that actually makes any money and the only one that can laugh in the face of million dollar fights. Bring it on, we're not the sharks. A monetary fine's not an issue. Yeah, our shareholders wouldn't be happy and the share price would take a hit. But the Broncos are a great business and people would come swarming back, back like flies over a sheep's vagina in no time. <laughs> And he starts, then he gets into real like Broncos apology shit, like, you know. So we lose all the points from this year and finish last, a year we weren't even expecting to win or compete in. Mm, and, you know, that yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Like, yeah, oh, we went, yeah, okay. You go into you, you go into a fucking thing, into a season not thinking your team's a chance. I mean, what's the fucking point? Exactly. Unless you're a Sharks fan, I mean, it's very understandable. And even Parramatta, really, over, over recent history. So, um. Well, let's not compare Parra fans to Shark fans. Yeah, okay. Um, and then he goes over and talks about you know losing fans and like oh you know if you cut the fans and you know if if we lose, you know only have fifteen thousand fans it's still more than other people <laughs> you know. yeah whatever man let's not even get into the fucking amount of fans that you that your average amount of fans versus the the maximum capacity of a stadium versus the max the, the amount of teams in the vicinity and blah 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 I mean it's, it's absolutely ludicrous to talk about that in terms of um, the Broncos. Um, and so he ends up saying, though, well, he talks about you know not getting to panic stations. He's really like evangelising to Broncos fans here to not not shit themselves. And, As he does. And quite frankly, I haven't really seen widespread shitting themselves anyway. You know, at this point, no. anyway, until it actually starts happening. In closing, I say, who fucking cares to the whole thing? We're the only club that can actually come out of this relatively free of any long-term problems. Fines, player loss, or even points <laughs> are about as inconvenient to the Broncos right now as not having any clean underwear. Not an issue. Just get those balls out. They're fucking big anyway. The Broncos are the NRL in capitals. You were going so well. Oh, you weren't really, but you finished with it. We are the club that holds the whole statement. thing. We are the club that holds the whole thing together. Our fans know it, and so do fans of other clubs, even if they don't admit it. <laughs> Go home, Sam. You are drunk oh. and probably high. Warm beer obviously gives brain damage. It it explains a lot. It explains a lot. And and he's even saying like, oh, I can handle a spoon. I'll use it to tickle my balls while I finish all over my laptop. Can we, can we finish? Yes, yeah. Sam's letter now. Love to you all, Sam. Okay, Sam, bye. News. Okay, the first story uh, is Asada and the NRL boss David Smith was made on Monday night accused of being made to look foolish following revelations that Asada has dropped peptide trafficking charges against suspended winger Shandor Earl. This was on ABC's 7.30 program on Monday night and there was also a report last month that Earl would challenge his ban before the Administrative Appeals Tribunal. 
Earl is now free to do so after Asada finally ended a nine-month wait and placed his name on the register of findings last Monday, May 26. But the welcome news for the exiled 24-year-old didn't end there, with his lawyer, Tim Unsworth, also revealing that fresh communications from Asada only referred to use of peptide CJC-1295 and made no mention of trafficking the banned substance. Trafficking charges carry a maximum ban of four years, doubling the penalty for use. Uh, Earl has already been sidelined since late last season. It now appears that he'll be free to play from August 2015 at the worst. However, a successful challenge to the AAT could deliver an even earlier return by eradicating his suspension altogether and leaving the NRL open to the humiliation of jumping the gun. Very interesting, and they're saying they're going to claim that the, the, his, his admissions on 27th of August last year were provoked by unlawfully obtained text messages. Were they, were they actual text messages or were they fabricated? The text, the, I believe, the text messages. He um, was coming back in the country, and they took his phone and they said they wanted to check for like you know it was a routine check for like child pornography and stuff like that. But what they were actually doing was um, this is all part of the Asada investigation uh, to try and uh, grab his um grab his text messages and find anything incriminating there. So um, uh, Unsworth said that the, the, the Asada's decision not to charge Earl in relation to trafficking was an embarrassment for Smith. He said, Dave Smith should not have said anything on the 29th of August. We say he acted contrary to national anti-doping scheme laws and now he's been made to look foolish. The laws are put in place to protect an athlete's reputation. Smith took it upon himself to announce Shandor's admissions to the world. The NRL on Monday night released a statement revealing it had given Earl an infraction notice carrying 20 separate offences for both use and trafficking. The NRL claimed it was entitled to do so under its own anti-doping rules after learning about Earl's admissions. Unsworth disagrees with this because the NRL were not represented when Earl made the admissions to Asada on 27th of August 2013. The NRL said it was hoping to conclude Earl's matter as promptly as possible, <coughs> but um, it's, they're, just, they're just dragging the chain. I mean, once again, they, they met with a lawyer, an NRL lawyer, on the 9th of May, haven't heard from him since, and then it's 15 months since it all started, and, uh, you know, this whole Asada thing started, and it's still nothing. Where does that leave Shandor Earl? Does he... Does he- is he interested in coming back to the NRL? I believe so. Apparently, he's uh, he's in Thailand at the moment. Yeah. Apparently, he's he's keeping. He's got fit. a gym over there, hasn't he? He's apparently he's, he's opened a gym. Apparently, he's keeping fit and you know with a, with an eye to return to playing rugby league. Wow! So with the Raiders, don't know that that's probably too premature to even think about. But I'm sure the Raiders would fucking take him. I mean, he, he was in good form. Yeah, he was. Remember? He was going all right. I mean, he's yeah. a lair, but yeah. you know, you can't you can't just crucify a bloke because he's a lair. There's a lot of those going around. Yeah, fucking oath. Fucking, um, a fair few of them can play footy. I just... The, the whole admission, you know, whether it's lawfully obtained text, text messages or not, if the guy's made an admission, that's... But this is admission. But remember his admission though. His admission was like, you know, um, Dank, uh, you know, rocked up at, you know, had some sort of role at Penrith. And he was like, you know... You know, you you know, and Penrith are like, you know, you got to take this and blah blah blah. So that mm. that was the admissions he made. The trafficking thing is that you know something that they've conjured up and obviously can't support it, so it's been withdrawn. The whole thing's just been shabbily communicated, at the very least, if not shabbily handled. Um, they are keeping their a lot of their cards fairly close to their chest. Uh, they played the Shandoriel card to, um, I think, more to appease people that something was actually happening and that they were making some progress. I, I actually think it was more to flush. Other people, you know, out. guilty parties out of the woodwork, and you know what I mean. Like, so that's that's what I think anyway. You would suspect that, um, and like you know, you give, you know, if you you get, you know, uh, what do you call it, you know, concessions or yeah. you know, bonuses or you know, reduced time, that kind of thing. But I just, 
I'm, I'm just confused as to how much evidence they could possibly have. If it's taken 15 months um, to get to the bottom of something that they're investigating for for even longer than that. This is the thing, 15 oh. months and they, then they still haven't. Yeah. I mean, there was an article from Andrew Webster uh, in the paper yesterday or today and he's talking about um, Richard Ings who was the head of uh, ASADA. He was the guy that made the... Uh, the the famous comment about you know being like the blackest day in Australian sport that kind of thing at the time when they had that initial press conference mm. he's gone on two GB last Friday with Ben Fordham and said um, he's kind of like he's he's, he's back tra- he's back flipping he's like said fifteen I months almost it was a rainbow like day for yeah. Australian sport <laughs> he's like fifteen months later on fifteen months on we're still waiting the reason I said that at the time was it was a press conference filled with a lot of serious accusations across the stretches of Australian sport the accusations were the most profound and the most serious I've heard in my long involvement in sport in Australia and that was my motivation because it came from such elite figures and politicians in Australian sport and I so. guess if you look at the AFL side of things with James Hurd, James Hurd being stood down and um, and also Shane Flanagan from the Sharks in the NRL, um, I guess, you know, you call it progress, but there's got to be more to it. And if there is, then it needs to come out. And, and sooner rather than later, the, the whole, um, the integrity of the whole thing is, is just being put at risk. Well, while on while on two GB that uh, that that Ben Fordham reiterated his standpoint and repeated from day one that he thought the, the, the all the predictions were nothing more than a beat up, and then he suggested to Ings that February seven wasn't the blackest day, and rather it was a day that sport had been politicised like never before. Ings said, uh, that's right, that's my view some 15 months on. We now have to look at the outcomes. We don't know the politics behind the scenes, but we can look at the outcomes without a single charge. I'm of the view, and it's a view now shared by many, it was the day Asada was usurped by a political process. That being a Labor government that was taking a smashing in the polls and was faced with utter annihilation at the next federal election. Let's confuse the fuck out of footy fans and we might win some votes. Jesus yeah, fucking crossed. Yeah, I, I don't understand what you know, smart move. I, I don't understand how it's a vote vote winning process, but probably hasn't got Shandles vote. I can tell you that. Does <laughs> yeah. he even vote? Oh, well, exactly. Well, now he's in now he's in Thailand. And Thailand's under military command for at least the next year, from what they're saying. So, well, Shandle will be okay. He's ten foot tall and bulletproof. Just ask him. Yeah. Next, Origin in Melbourne. State of Origin series will return to the MCG next year for the first time since 97. The Victorian government has announced it secured the second match in next year's series to be played at Melbourne's biggest stadium. It looms as a first for the likes of Melbourne Storm superstars Cameron Smith, Billy Slater, Cooper Cronk and Ryan Hoffman, who've never played at the venue. It'll be the fourth time Origin's been played at the MCG and the first since 97. The first Origin game at the venue in 1994 attracted 87,161 people. Game two of the 95 series and the third match in 97 were also played at the MCG. Melbourne last hosted a State of Origin at Etihad in 2012 and um, it looks like they, they, they can't fit enough there. I think Etihad was like just over 50,000 people in there and so obviously they want to get the next, you know, another 35,000 in there if they if they possibly can, uh, which I imagine they probably will. I mean, Melbourne's a sports town. And uh, David Smith said, uh, there's nothing which can match the passion, desperation, skill and excitement of Origin at its best. I can only imagine the atmosphere of an Origin game before a huge crowd at the Melbourne cr- Cricket Ground. The players love nothing more than being part of such an important match on such a big stage. <coughs> and he also announced that Australia would play England at Amy Park as part of the Four Nations on November 2nd. We want to have an impact, not just at elite level, but at the grassroots and junior level as well. That's why part of the funding from this partnership will go towards community development activities for rugby league in Victoria. It all sounds pretty positive. I um I don't hate the idea of, of an origin game being taken to a to a different venue. Um I think 
as much as I, I do love the parochialism of, of origin and the, the tribalism of it, um, well, we also think that the, the NRL does need to extract as many dollars out of the, the, the pinnacle of their game as much as they can, and and that is, of course, origin. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't be adverse to seeing, you know, the game going to Dubai, Hong Kong, fucking Singapore. London. London, wherever the fuck yep. they can get. Top a dollar. huge amount of money, which is going to benefit the players and going to benefit the game, and increase the exposure. If you, you know, nothing's going to attract fans more than watching Origin. I mean, you can take an exhibition game between Cronulla and Canberra yeah. to to fucking wherever you like, but people are going to walk away going, "I'm not sure what we just watched, but it was pretty fucking boring." It was played by average athletes yeah, to a low standard. Ex- exactly right. Um, that James Tedesco went all right for the Raiders, but other than that, they had nothing. And what's um, the deal with that fucking guy in the halves? What's doing with his hair? Is it cat's hair? <laughs> it's got a famous name. Why is that? Why is that guy? What do they call him? Is, is like is he like a, a centre three quarter? Is that what? The, is that what the commentator is that said? What they call him. Why is why's he? Know. Why has he got tears in his eyes these, the whole time? Are these guys good? Is he getting paid? It's, and why is <laughs> the other guy got tears in his eyes the whole time? <laughs> Is he get paid next week? Because we, we might love him next week. This week we think he's a cunt. Next week we might love him. Does he get paid both weeks? I don't know. And why won't that guy stop crying? <laughs> but if you take Origin, yeah. they can't help but walk away loving it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's the best of the best. And um, I just think that the, the game needs revenue streams um, to keep building and, and growing and, and increasing in profile all over the world. I think it's yep. a game that could really... You know, be taken on board in a, in a lot of different countries. But if you don't put it out there, yeah, um, I think that even the NRL they should be taking regular season games to China. Yep. Um, you know, broadening the base overseas, and um, you know, it only helps the game internationally come you know World Cup time and, and Four Nations time as well. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not a massive fan of Melbourne because because of the Melbourne Storm, the players in the Melbourne Storm becomes almost like a second Queensland. Game like in terms of a, a a series where home ground advantage is you know super important. Yep. I'd much prefer if it was actually a true neutral venue. Like you said, if it was in New Zealand or you know, well New Zealand probably be home venue for Queensland as well because the <laughs> side. But uh, you know what I mean. I'm just yep. trying to think of places that aren't in Queensland. Dubai is probably not in Queensland. So if it's somewhere like that where it's just fans just going crazy for everything, then that that's probably okay. Now there's a misconception out there I think amongst New South Wales people, and it's probably because the street that Queensland would be on, and the fact that Melbourne does turn out to be like a home game for Queensland anyway and there are, there are times that, and they're like well why does it always have to be the Blues and that's it's it's not always the case of, of New South Wales missing out it appears they're, they're on a three year cycle where there's like a series with a Melbourne game two New South Wales two New South Wales games two Queensland games yeah, series in a Melbourne game, and so sometimes that series of the Melbourne game will fall on a you know on a time when New South Wales, like for example next year, when New South Wales are due to have two games, and so then you get a bit of an uproar. But then four years down the track, the next time it's on, it'll fall on a Queensland. Sure, you know what I mean. So basically, that's you know that's 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 just the way it is. But I mean, I definitely think it's had a, it's had an effect in terms of the the streak. I think they should take you know games. To the states as well. Like, why hasn't that been done again? Well, because yeah, that was like what twenty million, yeah, nearly, nearly twenty, eighty oh, seven, yeah, yeah, eighty seven. And yeah, New South Wales smashed them that year too. It was like thirty six to six or something over there in LA. I mean, why? Why? I wonder why. I mean, that, from from what I understand, I was only young at the time, but that was a successful thing. Yeah, you know? and why couldn't you get? You know, at the end of the day, 
Hugh Jackman's a rugby league fan. Yep. Russell Crowe's a Russell rugby Crow. league fan. Yep. There's a number of Aussies over there that would be rugby league fans. Yep. Um, Matt Lenevez. He lives in LA. Is there, is, there, is there a bigger star over there than Matt Lenevez? And also... I mean, he supports the Raiders. I mean, of all the people walking out going, what the fuck did we just watch? It was the Raiders and the Sharks. Shout out to Matty too. Just had a child. Did he really? Mm. Oh, congratulations. Did he call Glenn? No. No. Uh, no, that's the last thing you call it. <laughs> Not even if he found out it wasn't his. <laughs> um, I just, I, I really want to see the game excel internationally, and the only way to do it is to is to uh, broaden the exposure, and by doing things like that, and and I'm not sure taking an Origin game to Melbourne does it, but the, the, the it's general easy, you know I mean? thinking like, is right there. They, they, they can sell 80,000 plus tickets at New South Wales games and then they get like, you know, 50, 50 odd thousand in Brisbane. Uh, it's just, if they can get an easy 87,000 sure. at MCG, I'm not sure what the configuration is like now, yeah. you know, like 15 years on since last time. But, uh, you know, if they can get 80, uh, 85,000 plus, it's just easy money, isn't it? So... And you know that's that's not a bad thing. If they can funnel that money into generating some Victorian rugby league players that actually are decent enough to, to yeah. play, then you know so be it. I think. Okay, uh, still on Origin, a delegation of players from every club will next week tell NRL chiefs of their concerns about the scheduling of Origin matches, and some New South Wales and Queensland stars want the Premiership to be put on hold for three weeks so the series can be played without interruption. The June 10 meeting, which will also be attended by Rugby League Players Association Chief Executive David Garnsey, President Clint Newton and Player Relations Manager Michael Crocker, will cover a list of topics including scheduling injuries and the salary cap. But Australian, Queensland and Melbourne Captain Cameron Smith left little doubt that the issue of players being expected to back up for their clubs just days after playing in such a physically demanding match as last Wednesday's Origin Series opener would be high on the agenda when the RLPA meets with NRL hierarchy. Smith said, We always have the same issues with players getting injured and fans saying the quality of games decrease because of injuries and fatigue. It's up to our administration to look at ways to minimise the fatigue factor. Given the amount of injuries on the weekend, maybe it's time. We have an important meeting coming up with the Players Association. I'm sure it will be addressed then. I don't hate the idea of the, the NRL season shutting down for three weeks um, to accommodate or three consecutive weeks of origin yeah, games. A lot of people do. A lot of people do hate the idea. And... You know, maybe it's because, you know, rugby league season it does represent a lot of work for us. Yeah. I'd actually, I, it would be nice to break it up actually with a nice, just like, you know, we, where we could actually focus on origin stuff sure. and, and the shows we're doing would be shorter shows, but they'd be all origin, you know? Like, yep. I think that would be actually great. But, uh, you know, something. If it's one just... thing we get every season around this time, and this is our fifth year, and every year you get the general consensus that Jesus is a shit game. Jesus Christ, this is a Vuvuzela. Yeah, and I've got, I've got, I, I know for a fact I've got tweets like that lined yeah. up. Um, and when you don't have your origin players, or if they're not at one hundred percent, that's what happens. It's yeah. the best of the best, and you know those guys raise the level of play for, of their teammates, let alone what they're individually capable of on the field. So if they're not there, or if they're not at their best, um, it, it affects the whole performance of of their respective clubs and that affects the spectacle that we as fans um, enjoy, you know, live or on TV or whatever the case may be. So, um, again, I don't hate the idea. Um, You could probably also break it up, you know, with some, 
you know, Polynesian games or young, you know, 20s games or whatever. It always comes back to young Polynesian. It really doesn't. I was just saying, <laughs> suggesting that you could really make it a true representative, um, you know, occasion and, you know, play the 20s as, as curtain raises, et cetera, um, and, and extract the most out of out of that period of the season. And it's, it's no different, It's I guess, the fact that we play three games, but, you know, the NBA season stops for yep. a week or... So for the festivities the around the yeah, yeah. yeah around the All Star thing, um, it's you know it's it, that's a different scale or whatever. But the NRL um, is a, the, the NFL is even weirder with the the Pro Bowl. Like end. you know, it's like it's the week the it's before like the, the week before the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl sides don't aren't aren't uh, the players in the Super Bowl sides don't figure in the game at all, and they get the week off. So it's a fortnight from the last finals game that they play to yeah, yeah and then to the actual Super Bowl itself. Strange. Um, so you're beginning at that that wouldn't work because you get an Origin series that wouldn't have potentially some of the best players. Yeah, theoretically, exactly. they're going to be in the teams that make the grand final. I just, I guess you'd get the bleating from the from the broadcasters as to as to what they're getting. They do own the game. They so do own the game. Um, so obviously, such a logical explanation or logical solution for the problem is, is it would never be taken up because, um, as has often been shown. To be the case with broadcasters such as Channel Nine, the, the logic doesn't normally come into it. So, um, but yeah, stop it for three weeks. The players are freshened up, which means, you know, the, the back end of the season leading into the finals, you've got, you know, teams that are fresh, um, and the best players, you know, coming out of the Origin um, part of the season, also fresh, but but pumped from having played at that level and, and ready to, to hit the ground running with their to finish the season strongly with their club. So I, I think it's win-win. Yep, I agree. I, 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 I could deal with it. I think there's a lot they could do around it that would make it worthwhile. Sure. And if, it's, if Channel 9 are the only people that are, that are bitching about it, then, you know, maybe something has to happen. Next, uh, the NRL's Chief Operating Officer, Jim Doyle, will quit his post to take up the job of CEO at the Warriors. Current Warriors CEO, Wayne Scarra, has announced he will leave the club at the end of the season. Doyle will remain COO of the NRL until the end of this year. You know, I have to admit that my wife and I are a little homesick for New Zealand and are missing our time with our daughters who live there, Doyle said in a statement on Tuesday. When the opportunity arose to join the Warriors as their next CEO, I knew it was the right decision for our family. It means we can return home, but also stay within the rugby league community, which is a major part of our lives and a sport that both my wife and, and I are passionate about. Now, he was the CEO of the New Zealand Rugby League from 2009 to 2012. He would have been walk, working for the NRL for almost two years by the time he leaves. He said, it's always my intention, it was, it was always my intention to return to New Zealand after two or three years, which I made clear to both the commission and Dave Smith when I joined. Dave Smith, for his part, praised Joel and said, I cannot praise Jim enough for his contribution to the growth of rugby league and the important foundations he's helping put in place to ensure this game becomes even healthier, stronger, and more professional in coming years. Jim's work side by by side with me to establish the highly successful integrity unit and establish proper processes and procedures to manage important whole of game issues across a range of areas including ASADA, player behaviour, player welfare and education and salary cap. Jim's also been a great mate since I joined the NRL and I'm particularly pleased he's staying within the rugby league family at the Warriors which is a strong club. Once again, Dave Smith knows nothing about football. Uh, <laughs> it's important that for the NRL that people of Jim's calibre are part of the game as the NRL drives further changes to club governance and standards in line with being a major sporting administration. So uh, when a couple of weeks ago we asked, what is the problem with the Warriors? The responses we got back were pretty much split between the the logo and the culture mm. and 
Wayne right. Scar. So, so this is, you know, I guess this is a positive thing for the Warriors, and perhaps they can, uh, yeah, improve as a as a club rather than you know get some sort of culture in there that enables them, you know, to I be think more the consistent. Experience gained um, at the NRL is is another feather to his cap as well, and and that experience can be taken back to the Warriors and um, and, and certainly help him put different things into into practice to to make the club um continually and and successful over the long term which is something that the warriors have just never seemed to quite get there yep it's, exactly it's, you know much like they're playing on the field it's all peaks and troughs and rocks and diamonds you know um he's obviously a, a very good operator and and um quite a classy administrator so well deserved of the of the position it's good to see the warriors being proactive as well and um and, and ensuring that they get that consistency that they need. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll stop short of calling him a good operator because that seems to be basically code for a corrupt motherfucker. Who, <laughs> <laughs> and it all comes out, you know, a couple of years down the track. Uh, finally, Jordan McLean will make his return this weekend after serving a seven-game NRL ban for his tackle on Alex McKinnon in round three. 22-year-old McLean will turn out for Cronulla in the New South Wales Cup, having not played a game in nine weeks. While Melbourne have plenty of injuries, coach Craig Bellamy is in no rush to get McLean back into the spotlight given the emotional toll of the backlash that followed the tackle that left McKinnon hospitalised with a broken neck. He was hit with a seven-game suspension in April at one of the most anticipated judiciary hearings in the history of the game, a ban that the Storm decided not to contest. He's uh, he's been a bit of the forgotten man of the whole situation uh, with Alex McKinnon. As tragic tragic as it is, um, the toll that the the injury suffered by Alex must have taken on him um, would have to have been considerable. And you know it'll be interesting to see how he uh, responds to that when he gets back onto the field in the NRL and, and and tries to put his best foot forward. But it can't be easy for the bloke. He's no. uh, you know that would play on your mind every day, and um, not sure whether he's reached out to Alex and tried to. One, oh, I'm not sure. I'm yeah. not a psychologist, whether that would help or whether that would you know deter either man's progress, um, it would remain to be seen. But I think, as you know, from an individual that, that's grown up and, and knows you know little else but football. I think Jordan McLean will probably benefit from being back on the field, and um, you know he's he's got some semblance of having to get certain aspects of his life back in order too. This, this must have knocked him around, and um, getting back to footy will be very healthy for him. Recaps, and we go way back to Wednesday night where the mighty New South Wales Blues 12 defeated Queensland 8 up here at Suncorp. Crowd of 52,511 people, and uh, the points went as follows. New South Wales 12 points came from tries to Brett Morris and Jarrett Hayne. Trent Hodkinson could not buy a conversion, however, he was two from two on penalty goals. Queensland, for their part, a double to Darius Boyd, and Thurston as well, the radar was off. Zero goals from two attempts. Look, I, I think it was one of the best Origin games in a long, long time. Um, the second half in particular was played at, at an intensity, you know, which is saying something for Origin, given that mm-hmm. every game's intense. Um, the way New South Wales defended, they need full credit for. And um, 
they had a swag of, of really solid performers and um, I think you know I think the Haas played pretty well um, didn't overplay their hands yeah. I think they, they steered them around I think their kicking game in the first half was probably the only glitch on the team's performance but they got better as the game went on which you know as far as debutants go I think um, you couldn't really have asked too much more yep from I agree um, Jared Hayne we've been talking about his form um, this season and certainly in the weeks leading up to Origin but it, it says a lot about the quality of that guy and a lot of people don't like him for for some of the things he does off the field and things he tweets and, and the way he carries on after a try or whatever but and and you know opposition fans can see how good he is and sometimes people just despise him because yeah. he's that good yep. um, but the way he played in that game, it's you have to wonder just how fucking good he is when he can play the absolute pinnacle of the sport. There is no higher level of 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 play across the field. And you know, be clearly the guy is like the head, head and shoulders above exactly. every other. Say what you want about internationals, but as far as the the actual base level of ability on the field. At Origin, it just doesn't get any higher. And there were times in that game where it looked like he was playing under sevens. Yep, yep. And I was fucking blown away. (laughs) Same, same. Um, And I I take my hat off to him. I think um, he was really the difference. I think Thurston probably um, tried to... He started out slow, and I think he probably unlike him but he, he generally builds into a game if he if he doesn't blast out of the blocks but I think he um, he could sense the you know the tide turning a little bit towards New South Wales and probably tried a little bit too hard made a few errors um, losing Cooper Cronk early could have really you know spelt the end for Queensland but um, Cherry Evans coming on I think his kicking game was a little bit off um, they had to go away from the game plan a little bit but Look, when it came down to it, it was two really great sides um, throwing hammer and tongs at one another, and and New South Wales' defence in the second half they they just refused to yield. And um, you know when you got when you got blokes with busted shoulders, and I, I know about a thing or two about busted shoulders, and I can tell you, yeah. Um, shortly, you know, they were saying that he was going to play on, and I was like, all credit to him. But yeah. the second there's a break in play, an extended break in play, like half time, for example. Yeah. yeah, well, exactly half time. But for a winger, you know, it only, there, takes, no, it doesn't actually sit only the takes a couple time. of sets through the forwards and a couple of kicks into touch, and, and that's an extended yeah. break in play for a winger. Yeah. Once it cools down and once your adrenaline starts to wear off, you're in a fucking world of hurt. Because yeah. I remember after blowing my shoulder out, I was like, fuck, it hurts, and I really can't move it above. I certainly can't move it, you know. Um, to 90 degrees yeah. from my body, etc., and, and the range of movement was just about shot. But I was like, oh, it's, it's all right. I'm pissed off that it's happened. But an hour later, when I was having trying to fucking sit down and have a steak with the boys and, and fucking drown my sorrows a little bit, Jesus H. Christ, I thought I was going to pass out from just sitting like yeah. the pain. Like, it was immense. I've never felt anything like it. Um and I proceeded to pump Panadine Fort into me for the next two days until I could get to a proper doctor. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so for him to play on and no less make a fucking important tackle, try-saving tackle, um, yeah. which could have, you know, won the game for Queensland. Yeah, definitely. Like, again, people say what they want about the Morris boys, but fuck me, that was tough. 
Yeah, like you know, they they don't have necks. That's that's a biological they, fact. They don't. But, but they have shoulders and they can break. But they've got like the equal amount of heart as as you know people that do have necks. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, you've got you got to say. I mean, they um. It goes to show that genetically, you know, when your neck's being formed or not being formed. It has no correlation to the, to the you know the size of your heart. Well, th- th- this is the thing we we have biologically, and I don't know. You know, I'm not a scientist or a biologist or a doctor, but some I think, say you're just a very average man. Nathan. I think that this I think this game it just it showed once and for all it showed the scientific and medical community that uh, that the heart it just it's not it's, it's, not, it's not it's not in your neck. <laughs> it's not placed inside your neck. I don't know where the heart. You know, no, no one knows where the heart the heart is in the human body. I mean, it's a where, mystery. Where's it supposed to be? It's, no one knows. It's, it's a mystery, but. <laughs> But it's not in your neck. But we not, learned that we, once we learned conclusively all. that it is not in your neck. And uh, and I'm sure that Gladstone Small will be glad to hear that as well. And, and, uh, and <laughs> welcome to the This Week in Lead Medical Journal. Exactly. I'm a, I hope to get this uh, this peer-reviewed and, and perhaps you know, published in major scientific publications. But I have to also say his brother, think, his brother as well, yeah. smashed his ACL yeah. down on the ground with a smashed ACL, saw the break made, got up. I think it was, it was a GI that made the break and... And he got up, chased him down, and another try-saving or potentially try-saving tackle. I mean, that's just... You know, when when you do a ligament in your knee, it's not this, uh, that it, it hurts and, you, and you know, you've know got to just man up and get over it. But you, 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 you actually... The stability of your knee is actually yeah. fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and, and your knee will come out because the thing that's holding it in is no longer intact. Exactly. But for him to get up and, you know, hobble his way, I mean, just incredible. And I mean, like, the, way, the way that Brett... Fucked his shoulder, was was just through being a, a dumbass in the put down. I mean, it was unnecessary. He could have had tucked the ball under, you know, on his torso and just, you know, yeah. dove over like you know ninety percent of tries are scored. Uh, he went for the one handed put down thing, and that's what that's what fucked it. But man, he's got he's got heart that I didn't think he that I, that I didn't think he had. So New South Wales, well, they cracked the code as far as their halves went um, after persisting with Mitchell Pearce. Yeah, Hawkins didn't so do anything, but Reynolds certainly was. He did turn out I to be that guy. Reynolds that really people tried thought he to was. impose his will on the game, and Hodkinson was just solid. He turned out to be that hard, that hard nosed sort of Origin player that, yeah. that that he's been, you know, said to, touted, you know, touted yeah. to be, you know, um, through his career thus far. Yeah. So I think they've cracked the code there somewhat. Um, I've heard some ridiculous reports that Jared Haynes going to be moved away from fullback for the, for game two, and I, I think if they do start doing and talking about doing silly things like that, it's only going to un, unsettle them. Yeah, I, I think they really need, you know, injuries aside, you're going to have to bring people into cover for the injuries. A lot of injuries. Obviously, Cronk's gone for the series. Sure, Cameron Smith will be okay. Billy Slater, from what I hear inside of Melbourne, is that he's more unlikely than likely. Mm. However, having said that. I, th- I think it'd be very difficult to say that he won't play that game. I think he'll probably play. Which makes the the most important position in the Queensland side will be centre because obviously you take English and you put him to fullback, and then you need to. Which, re- which I think is a massive improvement because you know given extra space, that's what that's what English would would uh, revel in. Yeah, and the man the man's in great form, and that's his week to week position anyway. So yeah. they, they lose nothing there. I think you know if Chambers comes in or, or fucking Nielsen or whoever they decide to put in. Yeah. Um, Clearly not going to be Greg Inglis, and I think mm. um, as much as Inglis was was very quiet for large, large parts of that game, um, the couple of touches he did had produced points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, look, when he can put Darius Boyd in for tries and and you know untouched, 
it's, it speaks to the quality of his passing game because we all know how Darius Boyd... I mean, he basically put Darius Boyd in the position where he just had to catch the ball and fall over the line three times. Twice he got the try and once he was held up. Exactly. So, um, you know, history will show at origin level Darius Boyd um, with quite the imposing record, but... Um, we know. English is the asterisk on that. <laughs> it's a massive asterisk. So, look, all credit to New South Wales. I thought it was a great game and a great performance on their behalf and... Um, I was pretty, from a personal perspective, I was pretty proud of the, how the Tigers boys went. I thought Robbie, with forty odd tackles, um, and Woodsy's first stint, um, you know, probably silenced a lot of both both players silenced a lot of their critics. I thought in that game, and Woods was good with what he did, but he didn't do much. As from what I've seen, he only had nine hit ups. Every one of them quality, Nathan. It's it's the quality. But of the he needs work. to he need he needs to get in, he needs to get involved more, you know, and especially Origin where you you know you need to go that extra mile, and you know you want fifteen hit ups out of a you know out of a out of a proper you know. And so forty tackles from Robbie, I thought he's uh, you know, down on the sixty I expect from him. <laughs> <laughs> he was good. He was good in the sense that in the last in the last couple of minutes he didn't kick it out in the full or anything, <laughs> you know, like. And that's, that's you're, just, you're just embarrassing yourself. And with the one this thing, hey, I was I was complimenting the guy. I was complimenting uh, with the back of your hand. See the, when you speak, see the waveform looks like a a, a penis. Does so, it? So and, and sometimes it looks like a turd. How fitting! So how fitting is that? <laughs> now I just wanted to say the uh, last imitating the life. last ten minutes from from one Shane Hayne was some of the most despicable. Refereeing I've ever seen in my life. And I'd crazy like to put, shit going on. And I would like to put extra emphasis on the that last really five minutes. Like penis. The last five minutes, or, you know, and certainly the last 90 <laughs> seconds. The last five minutes, it wasn't that 50-50s weren't going New South Wales. It was that blatant fucking 90-10s weren't going their way. Blatant knock-ons, you know, from Queensland. No, that's a Queensland ball. There was an incident where, uh, fucking who was it that got injured out there on the left? And Ingles had the ball, and he and he passed. It. He he, dro- he got he dropped the ball after he got tackled, and he just it spilled out to the left. Someone was down injured. They, they blow time off to look at that, and then they restart with someone else playing the ball. Mm. Ingles didn't even play. Well, it was a fucking knock on every you know every day of the week. This and I've just got to say, Shane, it went the last ten minutes. Was you know? Let's face it. I've been on the back of end of Shane Hayne fucking games before. I mean, October two thousand thirteen, notably crowding and whatnot. He was he was as bad as that. But then the last like two minutes, Ryan Tandy would have been spinning in his fucking grave. What's well, I mean, it was it was I mean, it, it was it, point it was blank, embarrassing. It was point blank match fixing. <laughs> it went beyond like poor performance you're and cheating. Very, you're very being very pro- provocative now, and that's ridiculous. And, and Nathan Gillis's <laughs> thoughts on this uh, podcast are not uh, shared or in any way uh, endorsed by Glenn Blakely. Um, but the it was embarrassing. Trailer. It was fucking embarrassing, is yeah. what it was, and. Um, you know the game deserves better, and that spectacle of a match. And it did. Uh, and what it did better. What it did do was just magnify the glorious achievements of the New South Wales side in defence at the end there, when they held out like five minutes of straight possession that they had no right to fucking hold out. So it did kind of it gave them the opportunity to rise up to a new level and, and you know attract the glorious glory that they so richly deserved. However, it also gave Queensland multiple opportunities to win the game that they said simply did not fucking deserve and by the rules of the game should not have had. Bring on game two. I look forward to it. Exactly. And as with last year, game two, 
the design for the one in the row shirt is with the printer as it was last year if New South Wales are to win at exactly full time. At the end of the day, after so many years of, of shooting themselves in the foot with, with poor selections and, and not being able to rise to the occasion, New South Wales have given themselves the perfect platform and, and the best opportunity to take out the first series in nine years. And I, um, <clears throat> you know, I, I can only imagine if they get a packed house down there for game two, obviously Queensland will have a lot of, a, a huge contingent of fans go down as well. But, um, it's going to be an absolute cracker and I can't wait. And, um, all credit to New South Wales. They stood up, they, they rose to the occasion and answered all the questions that were asked of them and, and posed more to Queensland than they could answer. So, um, it's, it's, it's going to make for a great game too. If New South Wales win at full time, there will be a uh, link sent out to the store from our Twitter and Facebook where the limited edition one-in-a-row shirt will definitely be produced. It's with the printer now, and we're just waiting for New South Wales to fucking clinch a series. And if it happens at the end of game two, then so be it. it will, the orders will begin there, and uh, yeah, go hard and knock yourselves out, because it's going to be fantastic. Next, or Twitter, sorry. We've got a couple of comments from Roger. We didn't get a massive amount, but we've got a couple. Shaboogan. Mal complains about the Hain try, ignores the blatant knock-on that led to their first try, hash typical, hash origin. And I thought it wasn't actually the, the knock-on that led... There was that knock-on with Brent Tate, I believe it was, which awarded Queensland a scrum feed uh, in the territory. To, the, I thought Haynes' point. try was a fair try. It was It was a beautiful try. There was actually one... There was like a gridiron past the Thurston in that movement where they scored their first try, though. But yeah, the Hain try, I thought it was incredible fucking awareness shown from a dude that's clearly at the top of his game at the moment to when he was backing his way, he hit the ground. The fact he realized it was for a microsecond that Thurston's hands came off him. And in that time, he's gone whoomp, up to his feet, lunged a second time legally and, and scored the try. And honestly, Thurston, it was just, it was three inches. Mm. If Thurston had managed to keep one hand there, there's no try right there. You know, it's just amazing. The, just the amount of margin of error that went into that. And he pulled it off. So yeah, I salute I salute the the uh, the Hain plane. Ryan Fernance said uh, Reynolds and Hodko zero line breaks, zero line breaks, uh, line break assists, zero try assists, zero tries. Most kicks from hit them in the chest. Good win, but no better than Pierce. Yeah, I, I think there's there's a lot of intangibles. <laughs> There's a lot of went into their, their you know performance. There's, there's a lot of butthurt Rooster supporters, <laughs> including yeah, including this guy, that you know for whatever reason want New South Wales to lose. I don't understand. Why do you want? I mean, if you're a Queensland fan, then by all means, go go Pierce, Mister Underscore Wars. Slater had a great game. Vintage stuff. Must be listening to this week in league because he stuck his fat dick right up Nate's past it comments. I yeah. thought Slater was good until Slater, he got yeah, he didn't yeah, didn't score any tries, didn't didn't really create anything, didn't well, do much of just, anything. We just said exactly a similar thing about the New South Wales halves. There was a lot of intangibles without having stats to back up the fact that I thought they had good games. And Slater was the same. Was, Reynolds his running, his running was very damaging. Um he looked dangerous um, you know, on most occasions when he had the ball and didn't score a try, but there's more to really more to rugby league than that. You know, this is yeah. under sevens. Imagine where if kids ma- go, well, I didn't get a try at a shit game. Imagine well, if he scored. No, ma- mate, imagine actually. if he scored a try though, then Queensland would have been kicking for the game. <laughs> Just saying, shit game. Slater passed it. Life of Ty. See how Fluffy pay- plays when he gets paid. Gen Y hero. Queensland pay him and two tries. Nice, don't he? Barely shows up. 
Word. Okay, Friday Night Football, regular rounds from, uh, was it, round 12. Penrith Panthers 38, defeated the Parramatta Eels 12 out there at Centrelink Stadium in Penrith. In front of a decent crowd, actually, for Penrith for the first time in fuck knows how long. And uh, The Panthers, 38 points, came from a double to Josh Mansour, Jamie Soward, James Sigiaro, double to Peachy, and uh, Isaiah Yeo got their tries. Jamie Soward, four from seven conversions and a penalty goal. Just a lot of fucking try scores in that game. Parramatta Eels, 12. Paulie Paulie and Corey Norman, the scorers. Chris Sandow, two from two conversions. Not that many try scorers for Para. Not it's one thing Penrith fans love is pokies and a winner. You know what or I a love? A fucking cracking win. You know a what? A cracking crowd, rather. Oh, you know what was cracking? That blonde cheerleader going into the break. Yeah. I swear to God, she's cracking. Mate, she was, she nearly... sounding like a sexist pig, and people like Annie O'Brien are going to pick you up on this, Look. and I would just like to say that Yes, that as a young heter- lady. As a heterosexual male, that yes. lady was fucking attractive. I agree. Some would say hot as fuck. And if there's any bl- and if there's any blame to be apportioned to anyone, it's not to two humble podcast hosts with a f- keen appreciation of the female form. Yeah. It's the Penrith Panthers who chose to dip that female form in fucking latex and parade around the football field right in front of cameras on Friday night. Exactly right. <laughs> and not quite enough latex <laughs> in the breast region, some would say. Um, or maybe some would say it's a perfect amount. I don't know. Anyway, Penrith. <laughs> Pretty impressive performance, <laughs> I thought. Their attack, um, you know, against weakened opposition, let's let's be honest, Parrell without Jared Hayne, um, who is the, the soul and the confidence of their side. And, and if he doesn't play, then they automatically start on the back foot. Um, on top of that, Pete's injury really killed any hope that they had. But um, on top of that, Penrith said still... pizza, pizza then? <laughs> pizza. The fuck? Oh, yeah, pizza. Pizza, pizza. <laughs> um, Having said that, Penrith still have to play what's in front of them, and, and they put together a pretty handy performance. Um, Peachy justifying the existence of, of some of the Penrith nerds. Impressed, um, was, you know, a couple of tries, and um, really injected himself well. But I just wonder... Where does he fit into the side long term? Is he, you know, is he a backup for the halves? Is he, is he a fullback? Is he a hooker? I don't, I don't know. He seems to have many strings to his bow and many attributes to his game where he could fit in, but that could be a detriment. And he, he might be, you know, destined to be, you know, an impact player off the bench for the next couple of seasons, um, whilst ever, you know, Seward and Wallace are contracted to the club, but. Um, just a quick wrap for, for Josh Mansour as well. Um, you know, there was a number of players that were, you know, with the injuries to, to Origin players in Game 1, there was a number of, of guys that were trying to put their best foot forward and their hand up for an Origin jersey. And I think Josh Mansour really showed how you auditioned for Origin. Um, you know, really strong performance. Um, took some, not just the try that he scored or... Um, you know, or, or or his flashy stuff. It was the runs, you know, from dummy half when they were in their own half. No. Um, you know, those sorts of plays are going to get you a blue jersey. Yeah, I agree. I think he have to put himself in the mix. I mean, I've heard some ridiculous fucking names touted, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. But uh, I saw someone putting Jack White's name forward. Idiotic, and and Walker as well. Like, yeah, let's put another rabbit. One going week there. I'm a Raider. Yeah. Next week I'm a Blue. Both weeks I got paid. Yeah, and he did love to get paid that kind of, that sweet fucking 50k origin money too. He'd love it. Former underscore legend. Much like Malaysian Airlines, Para are missing their plane. 
That's fucking terrible. Well, it's great. We'll take it. Drew underscore Nathan five. Norman is rubbish. His inner Bronco is rubbing off on para. It's he Matthew. um he hasn't changed a lot. No, he's still the same guy. The same guy that doesn't pass the ball even he though people produce statistics telling, talking about line break assist and shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, it's Matthew. He goes, yeah, tw- cheerleaders in latex. Hash fap fap fap. And uh, former underscore legend came back again. A lot of people at Penrith Park means one thing. There's a bunch of em- empty homes being broken into right now. <laughs> uh, shithead listener. The only positive of being at this game so far is drooling over the Panthers cheerleaders because Parrot are playing shit. And uh, finally, Mickey T, 1985. Great performance by the Panthers. First complete performance of the season. Good young players standing up. Hash perms on the incline. Well, I don't think anyone's getting perms. No. Some people might get Brazilian, so... Sydney Roosters moving along to Saturday Sydney Roosters 26 defeat the Canberra Raiders 12 at Allianz the uh, Roosters 26 came from a hat trick to Daniel Tupo James Maloney also with a try Maloney also 4 from 4 conversions and 1 penalty goal Raiders their 12 points came from tries to Jack Whiten got paid and Paul Vaughan again try scoring legend and uh, Jared Croker 2 from 2 he's quite the player that Vaughan I like him yeah Um, I expect more from the Roosters they led, built up quite a handy lead, and I really figured that they'd go on with it. And they should have really put the cleaners through the Raiders, but they, they took their foot off the pedal. Uh, Raiders scored a couple of late tries, and um, I just... I really thought that the Roosters, given that they've had some patchy form, yeah. and they are really trying to, to get back to that side that they were last season, obviously Premier's... Um, this was an opportunity that we they could really blow the cobwebs out of their attack and um, and fine tune a few things, but they they just put the cue in the rack and and saw the Raiders off, which is is a little disappointing for mine. The Raiders, a lot of talk about the Raiders having signed Tedesco and um, you know in the market for a number of other players, which are slowly starting to fall through one by one. But you just got to wonder what the fuck are they building down there? Yeah. You know, are they rebuilding you're, phase, you're implying but, that they're building something <laughs> well no they're they're saying they're building something but i, I don't see it um at the end of the day they're going to have they've had to pay overs for um for a guy that's played 20 something first grade games and you can't begrudge you know as I, people like to say i don't begrudge anyone anything and i certainly don't begrudge james tedesco chasing the coin but if, if that's all you're going to have to show next season you've got you know jack Jack Whiten and Jared fucking Croker, um, you know, with James Tedesco chiming in, copping the ball from Josh McCrone and, and David Campisi, who's who runs like a fucking 400-year-old man, couldn't even run down Anthony Minicello with a head start. Terry. Sorry? Terry. Did I say David? Yeah. Fuck off. Which dad. is true, which is true. Well, you can run him down Every, Everything you said about David Campisi is 100% correct, but it also goes double I've got Terry. a really fucking bad habit of doing that. It's terrible. <laughs> I, I, and I, it's and how insignificant I, Terry Campisi is to me. I would, have let you, I would have let you go as well, but you just know there'd be fucking cunts on Twitter like just hammering you for it. So like, yeah, no, well, look, they can fucking go their hardest, and I, I look forward to critiquing their number one rugby league podcast on the fucking planet. When they have one, um, James Maloney, he, he's actually coming back. You can say he, he needed this form pre-Origin, but I wonder how much of it is him just striking form because 
he's just striking form, or how much of it is the the release of the pressure of of having to perform to make Origin? You know, is the yeah. fact that he didn't make it, um, you know, he's been replaced by Josh Reynolds. You know, he can he can put that to the back of his mind. Okay, I'm not in the Origin side, and just focus on the Roosters, and and that's the catalyst for his, for, you know, for improved performance. Um, I would say it goes some way to explaining it, but he was he didn't overplay his hand and and just you know was very solid. But his, his ball play and and some of his running game, he, he did it all at the right time, and um, it, was, it was I think it was his best game of the season. All right, up hop. Jack White and is lucky he does get paid no matter what because he'll be getting paid to play New South Wales Cup very shortly, I reckon. Solzy 04. Poor Solzy. Fuck, it's hard to watch this shit. We seriously need a new side. Hash, we are Raiders. Hash, we are shit. Hash, Ferner out. <laughs> we've, got a, we've got someone here. Uh, Frollins. F-R-U-L-L-E-N-S. At Frollins. And he's going... Uh, is it just me, or does Jake Friend look like Letters Jenny Craig after photo? <laughs> Jake Friend Hargraves. Jake, that's, that's that's it's great and welcome welcome you know, as as a listener. This is one of the first times I think that I've um, I think it's the first time I've seen a tweet from uh, one Frollins. So yeah. uh, welcome aboard. Yeah, Jake underscore Harper. You think? Well, so sorry, back on back on Frollins. That's not plugged in, by the way. What are you talking about? This. Well, it is plugged in. Definitely. It's plugged into the phone, you fuckhead, but it's not plugged into the computer because it's not charging. It is plugged into the computer because it never comes out of the computer. We'll plug it in again. Because we'll fucking move it, spin it around. You, oh, you, maybe the cord's you, fucked. You fucked my cable. Unbelievable. Oh, fuck. All I want to do is charge an iPhone. How hard is it? Unbelievable. That, that thing is charges my iPhone it, it all day, work. all day, every day, and and you have and you oh, fucked it. This is it. a Canberra Raiders fucking charger, is it? Unfucking believable. Can't get it to work. Unfucking. It's rebuilding. Unbelievable. <laughs> Jake underscore Harper. What, hang on. What, what, what am I going to do about my phone? It's going to run out of charge. This cable or accessory is not certified and may not work reliably with this iPhone. I don't care if it works reliably. <laughs> I just wanted to charge it. I, I, like, I, like, I like how it says it's not certified and blah, 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 but it's actually the fucking one that came with it. <laughs> fucking jerk-offs. <laughs> yeah, so it's actually, it is actually fucking there, but uh, it does, well, I literally plugged into mine all day, every way. Fucking let's, hang on, just plug, unplug yours for a second. Well, we go through his fucking iPhone, iPhone magic. Let's fucking see. We'll plug in mine. Bam, bam. See that? Charging like a motherfucker. So your phone is a certified dick-eating phone. Next, Jake underscore Harper. You'd think Campo would ha- would have to give it away after being left for dead by Minnie. That's a fucking embarrassment. And then you, you actually touched on that. Well, it was he was in front of him, and I, yeah. I get that you know fullbacks should generally have more pace than. Fucking guys that playing five eight with fourteen knee reconstructions that are well past it anyway, but he was in front of him. Yeah, he was coming across in cover. Yeah, and Anthony Minicello screamed past him, and Anthony Minicello Minicello is like four hundred years old too. Old. Some call me Dave. Some call me Terry. I had no idea. All right, where are we? Ryan Finance. East are winning games, but not controlling them. We need to get back to controlling a match, imposing our will on the opposition. Yeah, that speaks to my first point. They, all the signs were there that they really could have... You know, they put 50 on para. Yeah, yeah. You know, they put the cleaners through them. They, this was a, a much and, better... And Canberra are the para of the moment. Oh, Canberra's yeah. fucking... Worse than that, even, yeah. yeah. Power look at Canberra and go, fuck, there's a good win coming. Yeah. 
The Ben said, a distinct smell of weed and burning Segway tyres outside Moore Park after another poorly attended Vivizella. Hash, boring game. <laughs> <sighs> okay, moving right along, we have... What do we have? We have the North Queensland Cowboys, 22, to feed the Melbourne Storm, 0, up there at 1,300 teeth. And the score as well, just from one side of the equation, North Queensland Cowboys, Kane Linnett, Jonathan Thurston, Antonio Winterstein, Michael Morgan, all with tries, Thurston, 3 from 4 conversions. Storm, nothing, fuck all, nada, zilch, zip, zippo. Never looked like it at any stage. They certainly didn't do anything flashy at all, Melbourne. I, th- I thought it was a-, a credit to them that they managed to hold the Cowboys out for 20 minutes given the amount of ball that the Cowboys had to start the match. But um, And really, at 22-0, uh, with the personnel they had out, they did well. You know, if that was if that was Power or Canberra or, or the Dragons or, or someone like that, it could have been anything. Yeah. Um, they did well not to fold completely and, and give up a big score. But um, ultimately, the Cowboys just said, you know, too many good plays in comparison to the Storm and, and you know, things, plays uh, were coming off for the for the Cowboys and, and they were certainly patient in, in certain aspects of their play. Um, JT, you've got to say, you know, probably take Hayne out of the equation at the moment, he's on another level, but does any player grow more at origin time than JT? Fucking, you know? he needed it this season too and it only really happened for him the week before origin. Yeah, he's... Um, you know, he probably answered, a, you know, a quiet-ish performance in Origin One with a, with a masterclass here, and really took control um, and and steered them around the park. They didn't they didn't go over the top with with what they were trying to do. Certainly, when they they got on top in the match, they just really kept um, methodically going through their their plays and. Um, a credit to the Storm's defence and, and their structures there as well to make sure the, the Cowboys didn't get uh, a long, you know, 22 nil didn't become 42 nil or 62 nil. But, um, yeah, I, I thought it was a pretty controlled and mature performance from the Cowboys and, um, you know, in particular JT. Uh, you know, sort of game they they probably needed. They've been a bit patchy in areas too, the, the Cowboys this season. So And the Cowboys, fair to say as well, they had two fair tries disallowed in this game. <laughs> Dead yes, set fucking yep. fair tries that should have been awarded, and some of those, the, some of the video referee decisions, we just like, what the fuck, are you idiots thinking yeah. again. I mean, like it happens every week now. Who you know? Why act surprised? Exactly. But uh, and I guess it's not surprised. It's just constant disappointment. Yeah. But yeah. I'm just angry. Yeah. And uh, from the tweet side of things, B one five five four two. AKA the Tourette's guy. He's, uh, his name now is Stay Classy Australia on Twitter. I love it when those purple cheating cunts get cheated out of a game by the pink cunts. Hash Louis the cunt. Hash purple cheats. Hash ref's fault. I don't think the Melbourne Storm were cheating. Like I said just before, the Cowboys were denied two perfectly legit tries. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, no. You could have had 80 minutes of Shane Haynes' last couple of minutes in the Origin game, and I think Melbourne still would have struggled. Yeah. Unky D said, uh, any team that holds the Purple Chiefs to nil gets a vote in my book. Hash, not quite 40 nil. And that was it. It wasn't a lot of interest in... Uh, actually, there wasn't a lot of interest in uh, a lot of the games this week. People may be a bit of an Origin hangover. Mm. The uh, Newcastle... Oh, sorry, Newcastle. The New Zealand Warriors, 38, defeat the Newcastle Knights, 18. Mount Snart Stadium. Just under 20,000. Decent crowd. And mm. uh, the points from the Warriors... A double to the captain. The captain. Captain Mentoring. 
Sam Tompkins a try, double to the beast. Chad Townsend, Conrad Hurrell also with tries. Uh, Sean Johnson, five from seven conversions, defeating the Knights with tries too. Tyrone Roberts, Joseph Leilua, Robbie Rochow, and uh, Josh Mantellato, three from three conversions. That Vikipton yeah. Twitter account. It's fucking it's, great. It's the most fucking ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, sensational and though. The, some of the stuff, like, I mean, I know Kiwis are hard to understand and not very fucking intelligent, but... Some of the, I find some of those tweets almost impossible to read, <laughs> even when I put my best Kiwi accent on, bro. Um, as for the real Simon Mannering, in a milestone game, 200 games for the club and, and 100 as captain. Yeah. Um, and, and I thought the commentators, Daryl Halligan brought up, was it Daryl Halligan? Um, saying that, you know, there was a lot of people when Steve Price was dumped from the captaincy for the Warriors, there was a lot of people questioning as to why they, they dumped such an experienced player and, and a you know strong leader, you know, played origin, etc. and gave the captaincy to Simon Mannering and looking forward to the future. I was just gonna I was just gonna say that because the reason why is because Steve Price had no chin. And then I realised that like, oh fuck that goes for the other Steve Price as well. And it's like a Steve Price thing that like Steve Price don't have chins. One's <laughs> made of glass and one just doesn't one, one exist. Doesn't exist yeah. It's not even there. Made of air. <laughs> But, yeah, milestone game, 200 games to the club and 100 as captain and um, scored two tries. I don't know if I've ever seen the man kick the ball, let alone <laughs> grab a three for himself, pick up and score. Um, you know, he's, he's he's a long way from the flashiest player on the field, but for whatever he has that he brings to that side, he makes a real difference when he's on the paddock. Yeah. And yeah. he's a great player for them and, and also a great ambassador for New Zealand Rugby League. And, you know, he doesn't. you don't ever hear... A negative story about him. He's never been in trouble off the pitch. He's not getting his dick sucked. I know that. He's. I assume that. He's not. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know for sure. <laughs> you know, you would think he would be slightly more aggressive. Um, <laughs> Sam Tompkins. We've spoken about him a lot, and and I was probably at the start of the season. I was keen to see how he went in the NRL, given that he was here to test himself, and I think he's building slowly. Yeah, he's still um, garbage. Sorry. Still a waste of fucking money. I think he's he's just too much of a lightweight to really dominate at, at yeah, fullback. that too. He's, the way he brings the ball back, he just doesn't have enough impact. I think he'd be a better 5'8", to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. You'd have the, you know, generally you'd have the, the issues there that he's, he's going to have to make a lot more tackles, but fuck, they've got some big boys in that side that could be, could Tony Carroll it for him. Yeah, that's true. You'd just rather not do that, not have to do that. They've got more options at fullback than they have at 5'8". Yeah, that's true. But for whatever reason, they don't want to exercise those options at fullback. <laughs> Steadfastly refusing to exercise those options yeah. at fullback. Um, but no, another solid win for the Warriors. And they're starting to put some, some really decent play together. And, and McFadden, as a coach, has, has had a real impact on the squad and, and getting the best out of them. So whether they can keep it going long term, and this is another you know season where they, they come home with a wet sail after promising so much at the start but delivering fuck all... Um, whether whether he has the the playing group, you know, to the level where he can extract, you know, a, a good strong finals run out of them, remains to be seen. But right at the moment, they're playing some good footy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, the, the scoreline it's it's pretty blown out. But Newcastle had their chances. There was an opportunity there where they were only behind by a couple. I think it was like sixteen yep. twelve, just in the lead up to halftime, and they had an opportunity there. And then Mullen went for a a chip across field thing to McManus and it went out in the full I think and the Warriors got the ball and scored straight away and it turned to 
deficit yeah. into like I think it was twenty two. Just sort of yeah. blew it open, yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, I would like to say though that we've maligned Fluffy. We really throughout have. season, but there was a time there in that game where I believe it was was it Fusatua had a try for all fucking money, streaming down the right hand touchline. Nobody inside, and fucking Fluffy came across and got him literally ten centimeters before he would have bounced over the corner from yeah. the tackle. I mean, just like Very amazing. Impressive. So it's just you know, he he's, he can still do it at, at times when he gets paid. Just speak, <laughs> just speaking of of holding players up at training the other night, um, we've got um, one of the bigger boys on the team, um, young Kiwi kid, great. He's, he's a good player, good on his feet, quite yeah. fucking hard runner of the ball. Um, he's made a break at training in the in a, in a little game that we were playing, and he's running away to score a try for all money. And then <laughs> old fucking Lionheart Jackson Blakely. <laughs> if it's one thing I'll give him, he never gives up on a chase. Yeah. Every other kid on the field will just, yep. Right That's the attitude. The you want that attitude, though. Fuck me. He will run until his legs give out. Yeah. And try and anyway, he's run. Obviously, he's, he's quicker than than the big fella. So, um, you know, despite having a considerable head start, Jackson's managed to run him down right on the try line yeah. instead of just trying to you know knock him over. Or you know, yeah. Jackson has slid in underneath him. So yeah. before the other boy's gone to to reach down and score the try, Jackson has slid in underneath preparing for him to try and get down and grab yeah. the ball and as he's trying to as he's bent down to put the ball Jackson's grabbed hold of the ball and tried to hold him up <laughs> yeah. just brute strength the yeah. other kid grabbed it and it's scored it anyway, yeah. what the fucking six year old thinks of that shit he's watched <laughs> way too much footy well, that's good man it's good it's good I mean you know get that mentality into him now even the other dads are like fucking where did he get that from like, <laughs> but yeah look there's some of the some of the way like Darius Boyd has a bit of a, a habit of, you know, performing those sorts of miracle plays as you know Slater and, and all the fullbacks and wingers are, are getting quite adept. See, Darius Boyd was a, it was a beautiful like you know around the legs tackle where he sort of dragging the legs out to touch and yeah. and and the guys just bounced and he's he's thought about putting it over and he's just gone no nah, he's too short so he couldn't do it and that was the end of that. I reckon Darius Boyd has just cost himself hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. From like in a media career, if he had the ability and a bit of fucking personality and charisma about him, yeah, and you know, and his footballing ability, he could make a fucking killing. Yeah, but, but no, unfortunately, you don't make a living out of being a fucking douchebag. I was just gonna say he's a douchebag. Anyway. That's right. <laughs> and like as a as a as a sad sad indictment on this game, the two tweets from the Ben Z and no one else. Tupo scores three tries against... Uh, actually, no, I haven't got that one. Sorry, wrong one. Why does Tompkins carry the ball like it's a discus he's about to throw? Fuck, he does some woeful shit. And now I've got to, just, I've got to unpack this hashtag. Hash, forget rom-com, it's all pom-com. He's just trying too fucking hard. I said that before, Nathan. That's what I said. The hashtag's where you really fall down, son. You've got to... You know, they, they're trying. They're trying too hard. Yeah, speaking of trying too hard. Stick to the car park, mate. Stick to the car park. You got no business in the in the five car garage with the rolls. 
<laughs> so speak, speaking of uh, trying too hard, the Brisbane Broncos 36 defeated Man Mighty Manly Seagulls 10 at Suncorp. I was in attendance for this uh, fucking clusterfuck. That was I. 36 points. Uh, Lachlan Maranta uh, scored a try. It wasn't a try. Alex Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Glenn. Jack Reed's got two tries, yeah. one, of, one of which wasn't a try. Uh, Dark Copley with a double. Matt Gillett. Corey Parker, three from five. Couldn't buy a fucking goal. I thought it was actually going to be worse than three from five when I looked at it. And uh, Ben Hunt, one from two. Uh, Manly tries to foreign and Bura and uh, one from two from Jamie Lyon. By far the best game of 2014 for the Brisbane Broncos. Um, their most complete performance. Um, defensively, their most dominant performance and, and certainly in attack. Um, and Ben Hunt's kicking game was the best it's been all year as well. The, the planets aligned for Brisbane. I, I think we probably need to judge over the coming um, four to six weeks as to whether this is the standard they're, they're capable of consistently or whether, um, again, like I say, the planets just aligned on this sunny Sunday and, um, you know, the opposition, you know, they, they were up for, for quality opposition and, and put them to a sword. But, um, yeah, geez, it was impressive to watch. I think for Manly, George Tafua really rate him. Really think he's a good player. Yeah, fucking shit game. He he did. He actually, and it wasn't it Do wasn't you know, his fault for a lot of it either. That's like he right. didn't get the fucking ball at all. Like I think he had the ball one one touch, which is when he picked it up after a kick and and carted it back. He got like one touch in like yeah. maybe the first half. Do you think one of the most te- what I think is was the most telling moment for George Tafua was when Gillett picked up that ball. Yeah, and he didn't and chase. It. Yeah, and he, you know, it's and just I like we were just saying, yeah. like and that's I, the trait you want to see in a player. I, I saw someone that's not an origin coming from know. the other fucking side of the field, and I don't know who it was. Hiku. It was, a, I don't think it was Hiku. This, this was a, this was a guy. Hiku was one of them. There was two guys, and one one of them was one of the reserves. I don't know who it was. It was some. It was like maybe it was whoever was in fourteen. I think Hiku you know, was the one making the ground. There were two. Absolutely, Hiku absolutely fucking motored to the point where the try had to be scored. Right on the touchline. Yeah, because, and Maranta I mean, had to fucking get his yeah, wheels on wheels going as well to try and you know yeah. just shield. Yeah, exactly. Shield it from yeah. him. So um, the pay it was it's ridiculous when you you know watching a game live and you and you can see the whole field and you're not just got the camera. Angle. I'm not convinced that that play is going to cost Tafua an Origin jersey because it wasn't something that was really great. I think it should. His, his, his last two games have been shit. Quite frankly, I'm not going to disagree with that. But people talk about Origin players and Origin plays. Yeah. You know that was not it. You know, if a guy can run, you know, if a guy can run from the other side of the field and just about get there, what the fuck could George Tafur have done yeah. had he chased as hard and fast as he could for the eighty meters? Exactly, he should be faster. You exactly. think you think he'd be faster anyway? But yeah, that's that. You know that that sums up the attitude. The whole team the whole day they weren't fucking there at, at all. I think it was they weren't there. Mainly, it was just it was. They weren't there in the days. they weren't there in the warm up. You could see they weren't there. They weren't up for it in the warm up. I, I was gonna actually. Mention that I don't normally. I only got there to like got to my seats kind of like when I you know towards the end of that, and I was like yeah. looked at, I was like they're fucking not even there. <laughs> don't normally take a great deal of notice of the warm ups. It's it's a little hard to tell, but fuck, they drop some ball. They they just they, they they weren't they weren't interested in the fucking game even before the game started, and um and you know you have those games you know thankfully you know Manly hasn't once every fucking two or three years, and let's <laughs> hope they get it out of their fucking system because it was just shit and um. It's funny though, like when you go, if if I if I lived down, uh, if I lived in Sydney and I could go to every game, uh, you know, a home and away game down in Sydney, I don't think I'd be, I don't think I'd be anywhere near as fucking angry <laughs> and into football as, as as I am now, because I tell you, taking little fellow along to the game, 
Like, I didn't give a fuck about the result, to be honest. I had a fucking great time anyway. I don't give a fuck. And um, it's just weird, I think. That it takes it takes the fucking edge off yeah. <laughs> when, you're going, when you're going there with a the little fella. Yeah. And like, because you're seeing it through them and like, you know, they're just having a fucking great time. You know, oh, look, look at the fucking pig down there and oh, look, there's a horse and, you know, look at that guy and... Although he's good, he picked up some he picked up some good stuff. I mean, I'm I'm actually grateful to the the manly fans. Are always great, but I'm I'm extra grateful that there was no bad language around him. I didn't have to say anything to anybody, and because let me tell you, he picks up everything. I mean, by the end of the game, like Jonesy, so we're sitting with Jonesy, and he'd be, and he'd be like, you know, you know, what about those Broncos and Killer? Be like, going, oh, they cheat so much. <laughs> okay, what, okay, what do the guys in pink do? Is that really they what cheat? It? Oh god! <laughs> and I'm like, and Simone's, just indoctrinating. Well, Simone, no, well, this, that this, you, the well, bullshit that you are indoctrinating. Simone's, Simone's like, uh, well, see, no one ever indoctrinated me. I indoctrinated myself. But um, and Simone's like, oh, you know, that's, you know, like, that's great. It's like, you know, that's bad sportsmanship. I said no. As a manly fan, he needs to develop a healthy relationship with the official with the officials of the game of rugby league and how they fucking treat his, his side of choice. Getting back to the game, <laughs> I think I think the blueprint is there for beating manly. You've still got to be very, very good to do it, but and in, um, and in, and and injure like three of their best players. Well, that that probably doesn't hurt. <laughs> and either, take the, and take their absolute best player out you, of the game when you look. <laughs> When you look at the West, the way the West Tigers dealt with Manly when they had a full complement of players... We didn't have a full um, complement of players that day either. You didn't? No. Who was out for you then? I think at that time we would have had four and Glenn Stewart was four out. Four played. Glenn Stewart was Glenn definitely Stewart out. Glenn didn't play. Someone like Brett Stewart was out. No, um, Brett Stewart played. Well, definitely, we had definitely the players out. Jorge was definitely out. I'd like to see team sheet. Um, I think the blueprint's there that you've... You know, Manly are a very aggressive side um, and like to get in the faces and, and be and intimidate the opposition when you can stand up to that um, and get in their faces and, and make them, um, you know, force them into to rushing their play. I don't think they like it very much. And um, again, you still have to be very good. They're a great side, but um, they, they certainly don't have that um, as hard an edge um, as far as beating them as they have in previous seasons. They're st- you know, when once again, once once again, a they weren't even fucking there in that game to start True. with. In, well, I mean, on, on, I'm on just Sunday. saying that the they weren't taken. They weren't taken out of the game. The they West weren't. Tigers, and um, they weren't. And they weren't actually. They weren't actually even up for that bashed, game either. When they now, were bashed. And the other thing is, I mean, minutes. And not only were they not up for the game, bashed. When they're not up for the game, they can sometimes actually, you know, jag a win, as as seen with the the Newcastle game and the you got the, the sense from Broncos fans, regardless of the score, that until that full time hooter went, they weren't calling it. Yeah, exactly. It was like, yeah. fuck, they can still come back. Yeah, but it's because, it's I mean, they were still hurt from last year, I think. Yeah, but they're, shit, they're also shit fans. And they only cheer when a, a, their team scores a try or B, an opposition player is injured and walking off the field. That's the two times they cheer. I disagree with that. It's an absolute fact. I but anyway. There was no one around me cheering when anyone got hurt, but anyway. It's because no one did in this game, from my, my recollection. I think Alex Glenn faked, faked a fucking concussion substitution at one point. To, to milk a penalty, which is just one of the poor decisions on the day. But this is the thing: they weren't up. They weren't. They weren't up for the game. They looked. They looked like they weren't up for the game in the warm-ups, and it, subsequently in the game, it turned out to be the case. But also, the first try, Moranta knocks the ball on. The, the the referee was unsighted, so he's he's gone try. Clear knock on in the replay, and the video ref. I mean, if he had said no try, 
they would have come back as no try, but the ref on field said try, so the video ref, you know, did their fucking spineless coward shit they do. And same for the second try. The guy drops it forward. The guy put on the ground, the other dude puts his hand on it. That's somehow a try. And then you've got that fucking disallowed Matai try as well, which is the one chance they had to get back into the game where he's just carved straight through them. I think it was Hunt was the player that was allegedly obstructed. He was not fucking... Any, he could not... He, he was five metres away, if not more. He wouldn't have even got within fucking 10 metres of Matai by the time he got through. But, you know, no, of course, it's an obstruction and Manly do it. But, anyway, um, can we read some toys and get the fuck past this game? Yes, definitely. But at the end of the day, so in conclusion, in conclusion, I'd just like to say... What a surprise, hash ref's fault. No, no, I'm not gonna say ref's fault at all. This is the thing. You got this intent. You got this thing that, like, you know, oh, it's ref's fault. Blah, blah. I'm, I'm you not. You just claiming. ran through three different things. No, what I was saying yeah, is that they was were. Fault. I said they were clearly not up for the fucking game, as witnessed in the warm-ups, as witnessed in the game itself. And then but gave I'm saying, three examples of ref's fault. No, and I said if you are fucking not up for the game, then that sort of shit. You're not going to get yourself at any. You're not going to put yourself into the game <laughs> at any state. But at the end of the day, as one of Australian, an iconic Australian once said before he hung himself from a fucking doorknob with a Mars bar up his ass. Sometimes you kick, sometimes you get kicked. <laughs> and uh, and uh, you never tear us apart. <laughs> and uh, don't change a thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't really know what to say to that. <laughs> we read out Scotty. tweets from everyone but Unky D. Um, I'm not sure he's got one on the list, to be honest. Good. He, I don't think it. he does. Scotty Eel. Hey, Manly, this is what you will have to put up with every week with superstar Watmau signs with Para. <laughs> At Warriors suck balls. <laughs> Broncos win, but every dog has his day. Eagles will be back next week. Hashtags in decline. Mup23. <laughs> uh, I enjoy Manly getting bent over, but the origin scheduling really needs to change. The middle third of the year is Vuvuzela packed. Uh, Tall Hayden. I didn't think this was a Vuvuzela game. I thought it was quite good. Uh, I yeah. caught, thought it was entertaining. Of course, you didn't. But. Yeah, I, I had fun. I had fun there. I mean, it's always good to catch up with friends that you know I don't get to see nearly as much mm. as I'd like to. And some you know, friends, take the little fellow there. Uh, Tall Hayden, Broncos add another win to the books. Notice I said books plural because they have two because they're cheats. Chapo, the creator. Manly's loss to the Broncos is the West Tigers' fault. If they were a real team, they would have beaten the Broncos at Sea Town. <laughs> I don't know what that tweet's about. Eddie NZ. Forget DCE. After that performance, I'd throw the bank at getting foreign in a Bronx jersey. Hash little Kiwi battler. Hash free foreign. He was still great, regardless of the scoreline or, Had or to how it. disinterested his teammates were. Fucking tried, tried. He's the only guy that tried to do to actually keep it going the whole time. He was the only, only fucking guy that I would you know let off with a pass for that game. Uh, the Ben Z. Foreign looked good off injury. Concerned him and DCE may shred the NRL when both healthy. Then he's got hash news Queenslander. Hash homegrown manly talent. Well, he pretty much is homegrown manly talent, you dumb fuck. I mean, he fucking lived there since he was a fucking small child. Fucking Kiwis. Why doesn't Ben Zed go for the Warriors? Oh, because he's come over. He's moved over to Australia and jumped he's, on a fucking bandwagon. He's a very intelligent man that earns a lot of money. It's not the sort of thing that Warriors fans are made of. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or South fans, for that matter. Yeah, but, exactly. hey, I was just going to say, I mean... If he you, gets drunk a lot. Obviously I was just going to say, haven't, you seen, haven't you seen the gutters outside the exhibition hotel? <laughs> Sorry, Hills. <laughs> don't bag him. He'll call you out to the car park. Oh. I'm not sure he want, what he wants to do there. But. <laughs> yeah. Share his metho. 
South Sydney Rabbitohs, 29, defeated St. George Illawarra Dragons, 10 at ANZ. Terrible crowd for terrible sides and terrible game. Sydney Rabbitohs, <laughs> Sydney, Sydney Rabbitohs, South, South Sydney Rabbitohs, 29. Uh, Joel Reddy, a double. If you need any indictment on the quality of this game, Joel Reddy scored two tries. Adam Reynolds, Sam Burgess, Dylan Walker. And uh, what do we got? Adam Reynolds got himself a field goal, three from four conversions, and Dylan Walker had a cracker goal too and got his only attempt. The Dragons, their 10 came from tries to Jared Beal and Tyson Frizzell. Gareth Widdop one from two conversions. It was a win South needed. Um, still a long way off their best. It was the fact that St George Illawarra was so inept and um, and continue to be. You know they've sacked their coach. They they didn't look any more interested in playing rugby league under Paul McGregor than they have all season under Steve Price. So time will tell whether that decision was was made in haste or or whether it was well informed. I think. You know, the, the Benji thing aside, they were very ordinary, the Dragons. But if you go into a game with Ben Cray as your starting prop, you, you're really not even having to go, as far as I'm concerned. Um, that's that's the guy you're going to say, well, OK, let's make us the hard metres right up the middle, not on the fucking fringes running, you know, on the outside shoulders of, of centres and wingers. Um, you know, we want you to make the hard yards because that, you know, Ben Cray and hard anything go together <laughs> give me a break um, they've clearly got no, no idea what they're doing the Dragons um, they've put Benji on a hiding to nothing and, and he's well past his best anyway even Benji yeah, 2005 Benji had struggled to fucking have any impact at the St. George Illawarra Dragons in 2014 um, club that's well and truly fucking lost the plot and it's it's clearly time that they've they've got to blood their youth um, you know just Write the season off the way they're going, and 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 put a bunch of young kids in there, um, and give them the experience of half a season. Um, sure, you're going to cop some tough losses, but that's going to hold you in good stead for next year, uh, which is really all they should be focusing on at this stage of the game. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I I am absolutely mystified. I would fucking hate to be a saint. I mean, Canberra fans, don't get me wrong; those guys have got some bad times in their lives right now. And with no real hope of them turning around and all that, but they kind of made their own bed by signing Ricky. So you and like mm. and actually like poaching him. And so you got to say, look, you know, you guys, you know, maybe you don't support what your club did, but as supporters of that club, you, you know, your club certainly made its fucking bed. Yeah. Dragons fans, you know, ruthlessly shafted by Wayne Bennett, the mercenary, came in to do it. You know, do a job, did his job, fucked off at the end of it, took Fluffy with him. Plus some other guys. Then they sacked the coach because of poor performance. He's had poor performance for a long time. They're on the top of the table very briefly at the start of the year, and there was you know a glimmer of hope, and now he's been sacked. And weren't we hearing about it from the fans? So oh, yeah, it didn't take long to fire him up, and you know like they were fucking. There's a there's a that Simpsons meme going around where backing the into the hedge, yeah, just <laughs> fades into the hedge. It's yeah. fucking priceless. And it's just, it's so versatile for rugby league. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Um, the Dragons, they sacked their non-performing coach. The Warriors threw a caretaker in. It's still a splendid job. They're actually going great. And then you look at these... But the Dragons have this thing with favourite sons. Don't they just? And, you know, it's the reason Ben Cray hasn't been sacked. And and isn't playing in fucking country rugby league, or like the lingerie football league, exactly. Or you know some. Or if they were to make some rugby league league that that was played by teams made of cats, 
and like it was you know sponsored by Whiskers, and it was just like cats, like the puppy bowl they have. In the feline rugby league. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, or you know, a league where they put the a kitty cup or something. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and certainly no fights. Yeah, it's well, like no. Mormon rugby league. Well, it's cats. I mean, they they don't have a ball. They use like a, a ball of wool. They put a bell in it. Well, yeah, exactly. They put a bell in it. Yeah, which makes it easy for the fucking referees as well. <laughs> Irregular referees, of course, features Shane Hayne and whatnot. <laughs> Matt Paul Chechen. McGregor was punted from the Dragons when Wayne Bennett came on board because he was an idiot on the piss. Allegedly. Allegedly. So we hear from people inside. Exactly. Um, Wayne Bennett's not there anymore. All of a sudden, slip. Slip on back in, Mary. We we love you. We want you to come back, um, and coach the fucking side now. Um, how much influence can a bloke have? I, I just I, sh- I shudder to think. Yeah, and clearly guy, Tim Sheens was the best option. And Benji's guy, there. He always gets the best out of Benji. One year in ten. And a guy that's fucking shunted because he's an idiot on the piss. I mean, I couldn't think of anything better to, to anyone better to steward the the rugby league career of of Josh Dugan. Quite frankly, what a mentor! Yeah, exactly. Futures in safe hands. Can't wait to Mad Monday, which is going to come real soon for these guys. The way they're going, fucking, uh, and maybe Ben Cray needs to get on the piss to wash his vagina off. Maybe Michael Darren seventy nine needed a laugh tonight. Thought I'd watch a comedy, but watching the Dragons is just as good. Uh, at twenty six rounds, so the Dragons' game plan is five tackles of inside balls with Benji to kick. That'll work. And he's going hash Mary Yes. I just I wonder what universe signing Benji Marshall made sense and I, I, I don't want to hate on the bloke he's a great servant of the, of the West Tigers my team but you, you don't even have to know that much about rugby league or, or contact sport in general to know how far past it Benji Marshall was and is um, even before he signed with the Dragons so. full credit full credit is, was it, was it, is it uh, Martin Torber who's his, his uh, manager yeah Full credit to Marty. That man can he, he engineered a highlights a bi- tape like you've never seen. <laughs> he engineered a bidding war, the likes of of which Canberra dabbled and it ended up being Sharks versus uh, versus the Dragons with the Melbourne Storm even indicating some degree of interest. Fucking dude could sell ice to Eskimos. Couldn't he what? Could sell shit to say, shit if, to name Miles. can <laughs> sell... If you can sell Benji Marshall to a rugby league club, then, you know... Jesus fucking in face Christ. of all, in the face of all available evidence, and you know, like it's not even ancient history. Yeah, it's it's not even stuff that you'd you know you'd struggle to find on the internet, and you'd have to sift through a bunch of you know nude grandma photos or dead cats. Like it's there for all and sundry. Listen to last the last season of this show. Listen, look at Twitter. Just type in Benji to Twitter and see what you see. I mean, <laughs> this is nothing nothing good out of it. Tiger underscore Benji. I'm concerned that 95% of West Tigers fans who are masturbating to Benji playing badly are going to wear the skin off. It's not he's healthy. He's a bit of a Benji apologist. Well, Tiger underscore Benji, and his name yeah. is he's between um, his Benji revolutions. Look, I've been you know Benji's biz- biggest advocate um, for the first four seasons of this show, and you wore your knees down to the bone. Did not Let's be real. Quite frankly, almost put my neck out. Um, but towards the back end of last season, Benji Marshall quit on the club that was playing, paying him hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to ply his trade in the NRL and, and, and turned his back on that um, even before his contract had expired. And I'm starting to think, actually, that that's not correct and he didn't quit on the club, like in the way that you're talking about. Because he's the same now. I think he's just got... He just fucking lost it. He just got yeah. shit. 
It comes for everybody. The day comes when, like, you know, your fighters like Chuck Liddell, when the, when the your chin goes and you just got to you got to retire, otherwise you're going to end so up brain damage. Yeah, really. It did. It was 2010, 2011. You're good. 2012, really ordinary. 2013 on a whole fucking another level. It's like a rugby right? league, like a, you know, like a rugby league skills dementia or Parkinson's sort of Alzheimer's. That's what I'm looking for. It's like a rugby league Alzheimer's. He's just. He, he was definitely degenerating, but that, when the end came, it came so so quickly, rapid. Yeah, and he just fell off a cliff, skills wise, and obviously he cannot he cannot come back from it, cannot bring it back. The Ben Zed, glad South's close to top after shaky start to the season. Don't see Panthers or Bulldogs being top two sides by August. You're right. Tigers will be in there. Neither of them. Previews, and uh, I'm away all weekend, so thank you, NRL, for scheduling Manly's game on Friday night, and they are playing... The fuck the, are you going? The, oh, I'm going to Byron for three days for uh, oh, nice. a jiu-jitsu winter getaway. With Simone? No. No, no, with with my jiu-jitsu team. Let me guess, it's no gi, and there's a fair bit of baby all involved. Uh, no gi's on Sunday, but it's basically like three hours of training a day, and plus... no pants. Was oh, it three three hours? There's there's two one and a half hour training sessions a day, and and then like sparring for like another four hours or something across the three days, and then less on the Monday and nice. finish up about two o'clock on Monday afternoon. So yeah, mighty Manly Seagulls take on the Grub Bulldogs at uh, Brookie. It's uh, matched around clearly, and uh, this one. You look at the Manly side, and they seem to be pretty much back there. Cherry Evans named what man named. What about injury has been absolutely spectacular in the terms of that there's kind of been the news around it has been, oh, he's got an elbow, niggling elbow thing that he's struggling. And it turns out he's had like a torn bicep and he's basically playing all season, all season and probably last season as well because I remember hearing about this elbow thing ages ago. And it's from what I read, it's like the intent is, look, just keep playing with it because you know you need to tear it off the bone Yeesh. and then that way it makes it easier to surgically repair so we're just waiting for you to do that and uh, I, I believe has it, has it happened? Seems really Did it happen painful. in the origin? Yeah I mean you're a hard man Watmo but uh, yeah it's good to see him back inside obviously they named Cherry Evans in there but Little John's in 18 so let's uh, let's face it you know he could be an 11th hour withdrawal Sure um, look I think the dogs are going pretty well DCE's inclusion, um, if he does indeed play, it probably tips the the scale in, in the favour of the Seagulls. They won't want to play as bad as what they did last weekend. And um, albeit a short turnaround, I think Seagulls can probably go some way to starting to burst the, the Bulldogs' bubble, especially Josh Morris being out. He's been integral to some of their success. And um, I think that the Seagulls might just squeak this one home and... and try and make up for what was a fairly ordinary performance last weekend yeah DC is in they're going to win for sure and uh, definitely the short turnaround is a great thing because I mean they should be raring to go in terms of you know erasing the last game and you know the, the last game is probably the best thing that could have happened to them at this side you know this stage of the season because it could kick them on to you know kick them, set them up for the rest of the season uh, whereas previously the week before the bye they had that game against Newcastle where they played exactly the same but they got away with it 
and you know getting away with it doesn't it doesn't highlight the things that you know need to be worked on and that sort of thing. Sure. So uh, so hopefully, and you know you know the two of you we absolutely fucking tearing shit out of them all week. And so yeah, if Cherry Evans is there, they'll definitely turn up and they'll uh, definitely uh, do the job. Um, and doggies, you know I haven't rated them, and I guess we'll see. We'll see how good they are. Next, also on Friday night, as we are returning to a full round for this week, a full round of matches, Parramatta Eels take on North Queensland Cowboys at Pertec. Jared Hayne named into one. Because I believe he was uninjured from the origin. He was just really tired. And, you know, yeah. let's face it, when a guy performs like that, yeah, Fuck me. give him a rest. To rest. Yeah. As far as I'm concerned. Um, look, I think the inclusion of Hayne probably... <clears throat> Parra could probably make up for a couple of weeks of... Um, of subpar performances. Um, the Cowboys away from home are always, um, you know, a bit of a dicey proposition. So um, if Hayne can bring some of his origin form into this game, uh, uh, given that it's at, at Pertec, I, um, I think Para might just, just edge them. They've been going okay at home. I mean, semi-rad-rad-radra, coming off fresh off a four-year contract with the Eels. Yeah, right. So he'll be, uh, you know... He'll be going hard, you'd think. Um, Hopawati had a shit game in defence uh, mm. last weekend. He'll be looking to turn that around and press his claims for either the, the vacant wing or centre position in uh, the New South Wales side for the second Origin game. I mean, he's been there before and done. Win, he's, he? he's been there before and he's done the job, but he's not. He's not back to that just That's yet. Yes, yeah, a long time ago. I mean, but uh, you know, it wasn't a long time through poor form or anything either. It was, no. uh, you know, just through his uh, religious. What's it? Um, Manu Mao's still there, killing motherfuckers. <laughs> like the fucking... Just shivin, shivin. Oh, mate, just... He's just... I mean, he goes out in the field with, you know, with with magazines taped around his torso so no one can shiv him. And, you know, he's, he's, he's got him everywhere. They should actually pat him down like it's a UFC, you know, referee check <laughs> before he takes the field. Um, I like the guy. I love him. I like the just, stuff he's made of. Oh, yeah, yeah, pure, pure hate. Forged in the forged in the crucible of prison, uh, the Cowboys. You know the Cowboys are going okay. On so Polynesian coloured skin, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> of course, uh, <laughs> I forgot about the caramel thing. How could I forget about the caramel thing? So uh, yeah, you know the the Cowboys are going. They're going okay at the moment. And you know traditionally we say, oh, they're not a, a great team travelling. But you know traditionally Parramatta certainly over the last you know decade aren't a great team. Period. So. Their performances haven't been great recent recent times. I think the Cowboys can definitely do the job on the back of Thurston if he gets going. But let's see if Hayne, yeah. if Hayne extends this this irrepressible level of play that he's currently doing, then I'd certainly see. Uh, you know, I would not be surprised to see Parramatta win this game. Yeah, I guess some Paris performances dependent upon how Luke Kelly goes at hooker in placement of Nathan Peets as well. But and that's a massive loss because he Peets was actually for me. He was kind of heading towards like revelation of the season, sort sure. of. You know, he was he was definitely up there, and now he's gone. You know, unfortunate for him. Yeah, uh, what a blow when the guy's you know cover from a side where he wasn't getting his opportunity, moves to a new club, immediately makes an impact and starts killing it, and cruelly cruelly cut down. And that's another guy with heart. He tried to stay out there for a while, you know, busted. Yeah, you know, with an out for the season knee. Yeah, and he stayed out there. So yeah, all credit to him. Uh, unfortunate season end that way. Next, the Gold Coast Titans take on the Penrith Panthers at Seabus on Saturday afternoon. 
Yeah, I, th- I think the Titans are probably on the slide a little bit, and um, the Panthers had a good performance last week. Long turnaround, having played the the, the Friday night, they'll be well rested and um, full strength side for the Panthers. And when you look at um, the Titans, they'll also be at full strength. So uh, should be a, pre- a pretty cracking game, I would think. But I'm going to put my money on the Panthers. Only because I, there's something about me. I've just got a weird feeling about the Titans and, um, you know, all the promise they showed in the early stages of the year, I think it's slowly going to whittle down and um, games like this will be an example of it. Never raised the Titans. And even when they touch the top of the top of the table briefly there, I stand by that and I refuse to rate them in any stage of the season. The Panthers, I don't highly rate them either. In fact, I think they're the, the Titans of this batch of, you know, half a dozen games. Okay. However... I do have a soft spot for Penrith, so that's probably why I rate them a bit more highly than you, but... Yeah, I I, I feel nothing for for either of these sides, but I think Penrith are better, and, and as such, they're going to win until they play a decent team. Good call. Cause very, but typified, both of these sides typified by very soft runs, and the Titans declined coming when they started to play teams that are actually good. Penrith haven't had that yet, so we'll see. St. George, Illawarra Dragons taking on the Sharkies. This is an absolute battle of the cripple fight. It really is. I think... Jesus fucking Christ. Don't even think. Don't the, even think. We don't the have to talk about can't beat the Sharks. Jeez. I saw, I saw someone tweet the NRL, and I, I, I'm going to get caught out here and say, and say it's Unky D when it wasn't. Maybe it was. So he tweeted the NRL directly and said, look, can we just give them one point each and not bother playing the game? <laughs> This is going to be. I just find it interesting that they've persisted with Josh Dugan. Um, sorry, they've they've named Josh Dugan in the centres. Whether the the guy's one of the top five fullbacks in the game, you play him at fullback. Yeah. Yeah. If if Adam Quinlan's not versatile enough to play another position in the side, then he misses out because if you've got to move a player the caliber of Josh Dugan into a, an unfamiliar position to, to fit the likes of Adam Quinlan in. You, you clearly know fuck all about rugby league. This is not um, the this is, And this, that is not the, the... The reason why Josh Dugan is being stuck in his number three jersey, it is an ill-advised and fated for doom gamble to try and somehow shoehorn him into the fucking New South Wales State of Origin side. Into the one of the, into the vacant centre position, the experiment on Monday night failed miserably, sure. and that should have put an absolute exclamation mark on the back of that entire fucking sorry thing, and it didn't. And now, if if Blake Ashford starts running rings around him, and Michael Gordon, for that matter, also playing out of position, um, this is the thing though. Josh Dugan on Blake Ashford is fucking tantalising. My my, uh, it attack baby. The, the degenerate gambler in me wants to say. That's thousands of dollars to be made. <laughs> thousands. Yeah, look, I'm going to tip the Sharks in this one. Oh, I don't know who to tip in this game because they're both terrible. Like, I mean, I could look. I look at the Cronulla side and I go, "Wow, Michael Gordon to the centres, Nathan Garner into the side. This, this is a this is a coach or you know at least a selection committee that they want to try something." There's something that they they're, they're trying to mix, you know, but then Blake H was still there, and so the degenerate gambler me says, "Oh, thank you, Jesus." They want to lose something, yeah. <laughs> namely football matches. <sighs> Jake, Jacob Gagan and and Farmanu Brown come into the side for the Sharks. Is big raps on both those young blokes. So, um, by the Sharks nerds, 
The Sharks and Nerds. The, the Sharks and Nerds have been have been bigging up this uh, Valentine Holmes character. Yeah, right. Still he's yet to a song with the Tigers, so yeah. good luck with that. Yeah, yes, and he's still yet to make an appearance, but you know. But you know, they're right about Tyrone Peachy. <laughs> True. <laughs> I can't even pick I don't know who the hell I'm gonna pick. What do you know what the odds are for that game? No, I'm sorry, I don't have them. I'd love to see who's meant to be favourite because this is just it it just looks to be like one of those games I'm just I'm just not interested. South Sydney Rabbitohs take on the New Zealand Warriors. NIB yeah, Stadium. Should be a cracking contest. Um NIB Stadium, is that in... I'm just reading in front of me. WA? Says, oh, I have no idea. But I made this mistake once before, I'm sure. The yeah, that was GIO in Canberra you made the mistake on. Was it? Yeah. Oh, I got me GIOs and me NIBs mixed yeah. up. I'm not A-OK. Um, <laughs> I'm not confident in the Warriors, but the Rabbitohs just haven't been exciting me with their form. I think I'm going to go for the Warriors um, to turn on a bit of the razzle-dazzle and, and put a little bit of a score on the Rabbitohs. Look, it's... um, That's a big call, man. Look, that's I what could, I do, Nathan. That's I why just, I'm running last in every Timmy comp. Got a vision of Greg Inglis just absolutely stampeding over the top of Tompkins. I've got a vision of Tompkins breaking into space and Greg Inglis absolutely poleaxing him and murdering him <laughs> in cold blood. Jamie Stout stop. Well, yeah, um, like, like he got Dean Young that time. Well, Except more uh, legal. No one, no one would rush that. I wish that upon the poor bloke. <laughs> no, well, I'm not wishing it. I'm just saying it's going to happen. I, I personally, I, I find it reprehensible. Saying. I get all the positive things about Greg Inglis that you're saying. I think there's probably more. Um, <laughs> it's origin, Greg, too. He's frustrated. He really is. He really is. He needs to probably go and have an empty. Um, but at the end of the day, I think the Warriors striking a little bit of form. Um, I think... This is going to sound really odd, but Chad Townsend and Sean Johnson, any halves combination can name Chad Townsend is, is, is fraught with danger, but I think they're actually outplaying the Rabbitohs at the halves at the moment. Um, much more highly touted Rabbitohs halves, mind you, but um, Isaac Luke back last week for the Rabbitohs made a big difference, and, and it will do so again in this game, but I, I just tip the Warriors in a, in a close one. Yeah, I think the Bunnies will get them, as much as I, you know, disgust me to say. Newcastle Knights take on the West Tigers up at Hunter. So. First time since round five the West Tigers have been able to select from a full, fully fit uh, playing roster. Ice Magic makes his return from injury. He really does, and... Um, I think the, the the Tigers will be looking to make a statement and, and ensure that uh, they continue on from the the form that they displayed earlier in the season. Uh, they've had a few patchy weeks with with the injuries, etc., um, and some pretty ordinary play as well. So, having uh, Robbie back from Origin, Tedesco back from injury, um, the only thing we're really missing at the moment is Jimmy Gavay. Uh, who I think is coming back to New South Wales Cup this week, so he's going to be fighting for a position. So um, I just don't think the Knights, albeit at home, I um, just don't think when the chips are down that they're going to have an answer for the Tigers' attack and uh, the Tigers will, will will squeak home. Newcastle at home is not a thing this season. It's no, not it's a, not. It, that, it's over. That thing is it doesn't happen anymore. It doesn't exist. Hunter Stadium has been stripped of all magical powers that it previously had for Newcastle Knights in their advantage. Fair call. The Newcastle Knights at the moment, we've spoken about the Cronulla game in the versus St. George. The Newcastle Knights are down there with one of the currently worst performing sides in the competition. And as such, the Tigers, if they can't win this game, they may as well fucking go to Bali now because this is I don't this is a twenty point you know, plus Minimum. differential this game. Is four and a, four and against this, this, this is a four and against booster in my opinion. And if it's not, 
if this turns into some kind of battle, then it speaks to the West Tigers and, and nothing about the Knights because the Knights are atrocious. They've actually they've they've lost. I could say so many terrible euphemisms about what's happened to their season, but I'll refrain. You make them up in your own head. But yeah, they're fucked. Melbourne Storm take on the Sydney Roosters. This one. Where does this one take place? I don't have the venue written on here. Amy Park. Amy Park. Um, Cameron Munster at fullback for the Storm. Fortunate name. I wonder if he's got that, like, Michael Ennis fucking widow's no, peak. No, he does call it. Um, <laughs> Of course, he is not his first appearance. Oh, he played, he played last week. Yeah, yeah. And um, sketchy start. But uh, overall, I don't, I don't think it was too bad, but... Ben Roberts in the halves, um, Cameron Munster in the one, uh, ousting some fairly uh, familiar names in Billy Slater and Cooper Cronk due to injury. So um, I just think with those inclusions, the Storm, despite being at home, just aren't going to have enough to uh, to deal with the firepower of the Roosters and the Roosters will uh, put another score on. Big three isn't a big three when you only got one of them. Yeah, exactly right. And it's the wrong one if you're going to win games. The halves, as listed. I think listed. If, if Kronk was there on his own, they'd go a lot closer to winning games than Smith. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because Tohu Harris and Ben Roberts is a... F- that's, that's, a that's a... I mean, even Canberra wouldn't pay for that, that halves combination. Sure. I mean, that shit's terrible. And they I, would pay for them as a centre and wing combination, though. Because that's the sort and of And the puzzling Canberra. thing about this is, I'm sure that Hampton's back this week. But no. Don't put him in the halves when he, was, when he killed it in Kronk's absence in round one. Let's put fucking Tohu and Harris. Half. Let's put Tohu, Tohu Harris and, and Ben Robertson when they did nothing last week. Just the, uh, Bellamy just clearly given up. I mean, it's, the Sydney Roosters not like they're travelling amazingly, but if they no. can't do, you know, they once again they need to pack for Bali if they can't win this game because it's about as winnable as it gets in Melbourne versus Melbourne. Exactly. And finally, Monday night foot bitch Canberra Raiders take on the Brisbane Broncos down there at GIO. Broncos by a thousand. Canberra in that quad group of four terrible sides, along with the Knights, Dragons, and Sharks. The Raiders are in there amongst the worst the NRL has ever put up, including 1999 West Magpies. Full complement of, of players for the Broncos. Um, Justin Hodges comes back, as does Sam Thide, uh continuing on from last week when he came back from injury. So... Um, extended bench for the Broncos, so there might be a player or two still in doubt, but um, regardless, I think they'll be too good for the Raiders um, away from home and and uh, run out 24-point winners. 24? Is that all? Yeah. Oh, fuck, I think they'll at least win by 30, to right. be honest. Maybe this is the, this is the, the, the opposition that Ben Barber can actually find some space against and attract some semblance of form. Well, it, he was right up for that game on Sunday. He was, um, but he still did fuck all. Yeah, and he, and he even just, on returns, he still he didn't make any ground whatsoever. No, he, uh, well, I think it died off the longer the game went off. He went, went on, rather. He was starting to follow people through the ruck, which is a good sign that someone's up for a game from fullback. And, um, but unfortunately, couldn't sustain it. But uh, maybe this is the game that turns the corner for him. And we're going to say this every week. Like maybe this is this, maybe that, yeah. maybe maybe Ben Barber will be a good player again. And you know, chances are it's not the case, not going to ever be the case. But uh, you know, he'll always have doggies twenty twelve. He would.
That's full time for episode 157. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter so far at TWI League and on Facebook as well, facebook.com forward slash This Week in League. Make sure you hit the like button, share the posts around, all that good shit helps spread the word, uh, which you guys are doing a tremendous job. I mean, the reach, to use the terminology, yeah. of the... Uh, what was it? The thing I put up there about Mitchell Pierce and the yellow, yeah. <laughs> the, you know. Even the photo of Leo. The photo of Leo went went pretty big. I mean, it, it, it went out to more people than we have likes on our page for. Yeah. The Leonardo one went fucking massive. It was two and a half times bigger than that. And it was huge. Way, you know, it was actually you know more like the reach that the show gets, you know, and you know not the Facebook. Mm. So it was great. Uh, so you know. I, I, I try and think of things, you know, if, I, if something strikes me, I make sure I make it and put it up there straight away because uh, usually I forget otherwise. <laughs> I try and do it as soon as I can. And so, you know, we try and keep those going. If you guys have funny stuff, I mean, we get people send them, send them into us, you know, by all means, you know, put them on the page. We're all for it. Um, no new reviews on iTunes though, so we're going to have to fuck you guys up on that count. I've given you the bouquet for, for the, the work on Facebook. Big fucking game. But here's a brick, here's a brick bat, iTunes reviews. We've got a fucking lot. When it comes to podcasts, and I'm talking podcasts that are super established, massive, fucking gigantic ones in terms of you know, the world of podcasting, far superior in audience numbers to us, they've got less reviews than us. I mean, we've, I'm not going to lie, as far as podcasts go, we do pretty well. However, I think we've only got something in the vicinity of 270 but it's rating, never enough, ratings. It's never, that's, that means that first, there's a... Our thirst for reviews is real. There's a, that means there's a vast multiplier of people who haven't done a review yet. So get on there and do it uh, if you please. Tipping Shane Aaron Elvis maintains or if you don't his lead. Please do it anyway. Yeah, Shane Aaron Elvis maintains his one point lead over the competition. Sixty three. Uh, second, we have Tigers twelve point oh and Whitey on sixty two. One point further back on sixty one, we have Life of Ty Lemon, Three Card Magic Trick, and GT John. And in one point further back in 60 points, we have Goodnight CJ, David Kingston, and Jared Ash. That's the tipping. And uh, I've been trying to get all of them wrong. And it's just as hard, mate. Yeah, it is just as hard. And in fact, I've risen about 45 places over the last three weeks when I've tried to do that. So it's actually a great theory. And uh, I'll be I'll be contending in no time. I'm only... I'm only I mean, it's, it sounds like a lot, but I'm only, I'm only about... Ten points out of the, you know, out of the top of the table. Yeah, right. <laughs> so it's hard to it's going to be hard to catch all of that up. But you only need a couple of good, you know, sort of seven eight weeks in a row, and you're back right back in the mix. Exactly. Fantasy, too much tuner on top, narrowly over uh, the Wendells, who are very narrowly only nine points ahead of CJ's. Then we've got uh, Dingbats. Winter is crowding. Sarcastic Pricks, NZ underscore Magpie 54, Mighty Doggies, Toto's Terrors, and Barrows and Shovels. The spread from 1st place to 10th place is only 521 points. So that's not a lot at all. That's, a you know, two good rounds and you're back in there. So get in there and hit our Facebook page up. We've got the link. Uh, it's probably the best way to get to it because you don't have to scroll too far back to get it. Uh, and just check for our it's, uh, the This Week in League group on uh, NRL Fantasy uh, Supercoach. Shop. Still got a couple of old Revelation shirts. Tigers in Decline. Beautifully modelled by the youngster, Leo. Excellent. So. The, the expression on his face is fantastic. <laughs> he it's wants just, out of it. He's just kind of like, what the fuck? But he's kind of doing it in a happy way. Like, you know, Daddy didn't tell me this. Yeah. <laughs> Tigers are in decline. <laughs> you told me we were the best. This wasn't part of the brainwashing, Dad. <laughs> 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, if you enjoyed that photo, <laughs> buy a Tigers in decline shirt to uh, ensure that uh, there's, there's plenty of farricks and nappies. <laughs> For the little fella. And uh, the memberships, just hit the, we'll just hit the pause on the memberships at the moment. We'll do a final stock takeover the next couple of days. And uh, once all the, all the stock's gone out, we'll see what's left. And we'll specifically be able to put up, you know, we've got X number of XLs left and, and so on and so on. Sure. And uh, we'll uh, get rid of that uh The pack's remainder. looking good. They're coming together and, um, yeah, just trying to work out the details on the postage or the shipping. And, uh, and they'll be on their way. Yeah, and it turns out, I mean, it's looking, looks to me like it's actually going to be better than just posting it. Yeah. Courier to the door is much better. Exactly. So it's going to be awesome. And that's it. That's all we've got time for. We're done. Long show and a short week of short short week of games, long show. We can talk shit. Which means that you guys are obviously either delirious with pleasure, your ears are feeling alive with pleasure, or you've fallen asleep and you're bored as fucking shit. <laughs> Let's hope it's option A. See you next week. Yeah, or not. Who cares?